Sawete. I'm your host, Stella, and this is Backworld to Oracle, the Barbara Gordon podcast brought to you by this public service announcement. Nice bike. Maybe we could borrow it? No, that's stealing. I'll ask for permission later. Uh-oh. Looks like you're asking for trouble now. Shipwreck! How would you like it if someone took your bike? I wouldn't. And if you get caught? i definitely end up in trouble. Remember, taking something that isn't yours just isn't right. Now I know. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe! Backroll to Oracle is also brought to you by MileHighComics.com, your new and collectible comic book store. Mile High Comics has an inventory of over 5 million comics from the gold, silver, bronze, and modern age, and over 100,000 trade paperbacks. If you're not into the vintage stock, Mile High Comics also has a subscription service called the New Issue Comics Express, offering a discounted price for comics ready to hit the shelves. So if you're looking for vintage back issues or a great modern subscription service, be sure to check out MileHighComics.com. You're not wild about this idea. Does Bert feel the same way? To be honest, we don't feel the show needs another character. Nothing personal. Maybe Backer will give women someone to identify with. Gotham City, like any other large metropolis, abounds in girls of all shapes and sizes. Debutantes, nurses, stenographers, and librarians. Perhaps you'd include Batgirl, too. Batgirl? Welcome back to the Batman Universe Specials, and yes, it's that time again. We're here to rank the Batmen, or more specifically and particularly, rank the Batgirls. This is the episode where, like in the last special you hopefully listened to in March, we ranked the, the Robins back then. We're going to be ranking the Batgirls throughout the Batman Universe's history from, um, you know, our favorites and our least favorites and pretty much everyone in between. So, joining me for this episode is... This is Joy. This is Ed. Yeah, listen, Chelsea, you're my best friend. I love you, but you're wrong. Peter Parker, Danny Rand, they're more attractive than Thor because they are leaner rather than covered. Oh, 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 hey, guys. Yeah, I've got to go. I've got a podcast to do. Uh, What? Oh, oh, it's about Batgirl. Yeah, I'm with a bunch of males, so I'm sure they'll talk about how weak she is, how the male members of the Bat family are so much better, but don't worry, I'm going to give it to them straight. Yeah, I'll talk to you later. Ciao, ciao. Uh, this is Stella. Well, it was Stella before I kicked her off the call because <laughs> apparently she's, her head's not in the game. 
So that's I was really... actually uh, going to discuss the size of their breasts more than that. <laughs> oh my God. I thought that was one of the discussion points. <laughs> well, this, will be one of the, this will be one of the longest podcasts ever. Um, yeah, that was that was Stella. You know, readily attentive as always. So, um, if you're listening to this uh, through the Batman universe, then bully on you. Um, this is also going to be a bit of a special that um, hopefully will appear on the Batgirl to Oracle feed because because his Batgirl is obviously kind of leads itself to that. And as such, Stella and I will sort of be sharing uh, discussion duties and throwing out points to talk about in terms of the Batgirls. So every now and again, we're just going to kind of alter- alternate and, you know, Stella will be talking and I will be talking. So hopefully you will remember that, you know, one's a guy and one's a girl. So, um, Batgirl, yes, she is obviously a very notable character in the Batman universe, in Batman's mythology, and there's been, ever since, basically, um, 1967, there's been more than one of her. So, uh, starting off this, starting off this podcast, like we sort of did with, uh, Robin's place in the Batman universe, what do you guys think, um, about Batgirl's place in the Batman universe? What purpose does she serve? Do you think she's integral to the Batman universe? Do you think that we could do without her? Uh, what are your general feelings on a Batgirl in Batman's supporting cast? And we'll start off with Joe. I do like the character of Batgirl. It's my understanding that she was brought on uh, more because of her popularity in the 60s show. Um, that, uh, that's my understanding. It might be wrong. I'm sure Dustin, uh, I'm sure Don will correct me. Dustin might come on just to correct me as well. I'm not sure. But uh, I'm sure Don will put me in my place whether that's right or not. Uh, generally, I like the character. I don't think she holds as big a place as Robin, and she generally is more independent, which uh, I guess is a good thing. But uh, the fact that it's Batgirl and uh, has to kind of take the name of Batman, um, it could be said that she's not a strong enough character to survive on her own as, as an independent character. But uh, I guess we'll have to. This is what this podcast is about: celebrating Batgirl and. Uh, I do, I definitely think she holds a place in the Batman universe, and depending on which one holds a, a definite place in the DC universe, and and uh, does good for that whole universe. I think that Batgirl is probably still around today for the same reason she was introduced. Well, not the exact same reason, but part of the reason she was introduced way back in the day is that any female comic fans are going to need something to identify with, and I think Batgirl fits that very very well. Um. I really wouldn't want to imagine the the Bat universe without her. Although you probably could, and to be honest, with the exception of, of Batman, you know, we've gone through periods of, of Bat continuity where there's always been one character, be it Robin or Batgirl, anyone else missing. So I think she could be missing, but I think the universe would be a lot weaker without the Batgirl character in it, and it, it would lose that kind of association for for female comic fans or, or young girls that are first getting into comics that want their own little uh, comic role model. Uh, I love Batgirl, <laughs> obviously. It's like the most obvious statement ever. Um, I think, you know, when she first came into the picture, and, and we'll talk about this with, with Bet certainly, but it was more to just, like, fill this role to be this token female in, um, in this sort of club of all these boys and hopefully to prove to readers that Batman and Robin weren't gay because Batgirl with a dash and Batwoman were both there sort of as um, potential 
beards, yeah, or skirts, I guess, but potential romantic interests. And I think once Barbara really came onto the scene, it was a real big push towards strong female characters in comics. Um, so I think it's just wonderful how she's there, and she was still sort of a weaker character in the beginning, but then she got she she got a lot more respect from the different characters, and I think readership as well. And even Batman has this, you know, fondness for her as well, which is great. I think she is um, integral to the to the whole Batman family. I think that without her, without sort of always this positive attitude that each of the Batgirls more or less has, that the Batman family would just be um, this group of men that, that were really plagued by tragedy because they just have these really sort of sad histories. I, I agree with Joe that, you know, when you think of the Batman family, I, I don't know if you would necessarily put Batgirl in there first. But I think now and even, you know, starting in the late 70s and the 80s and everything that she is starting to really push and, and, and push past all of those limits and everything. So just like Ed, I would hate to think of the Batman family without or just the Bat family without Batgirl in it. Okay. Um, how does she make her mark? I think that Batgirl sort of represents a very logical step in Batman, sort of a supporting cast. I mean, if he takes on a partner and, you know, makes himself known in Gotham City, I think the idea that someone, and this is kind of, you know, mainly pertaining to uh, Barbara Gordon, it kind of, it would kind of make sense that, like, somebody would want to take up that fight on their own terms, and that's sort of like, you know, whether they are male or female. I think as a notable female persona in um, his, his supporting cast, I think she works well. Obviously, she, she's a great... Um, audience surrogate possibly for you know female members female readers and viewers of the various iterations i think that like it's one of those things where if you if you're making a core batman story you don't necessarily require her but at the same time if you want a, a complete batman story i think she is required i think that in the history of batman she definitely earns her place she's not uh a prefer you know she's not a tertiary character that you can kind of do without and I think that, like, I mean, obviously history has shown that, like, there's there's a huge, huge, huge fan base for, for a Batgirl in general. And I think that, like, that's a really great thing. I think it's really awesome that, like, there is – I think a lot of female fans get to Batman through Batgirl. Um, obviously, you know, Stella's show kind of uh, demonstrates that. But also I think that, you know, I think the point is made that um, it would probably be a bit too male-dominated with Alfred and Gordon and Batman and Robin and the villains – and I, and I and the, that's kind of proven by the 60s show because in the third season when Yvonne Craig kind of came in and basically kind of uh, charmed her way through that season, it was kind of show. Uh, it was kind of shown how um, you know you, you can kind of have fun with the whole crime fighting kind of storytelling, and I think that Batgirl typically does that uh, by and large. And I think that that she's really successful at that, and that sort of like is where her uh, much of her value as a character in the mythos uh, derives from. Uh, the next question is, how does Batgirl hold up against other female characters? Um, I guess she definitely has the history on other female characters. And I think that, especially in DC Universe, I think that she is one of the more popular, but also one of the ones who appears more uh, You know, in media and things. We only really have like one Wonder Woman film, and I, I mean, she's in... Uh, several of the Justice League films and stuff, but then we get Batgirl in 
uh, you know, a lot of the Batman, Batman, the animated series, the Batman. So I think that so I think she definitely holds her own against the other females, and she stands out as an independent character. The fact that there have been is it about six of them, but uh, definitely three major ones. Um, it could be taken as you know this character needs to be reinvented, but then it also shows that she's popular enough that people want to keep her in the in the universe and. I think that uh, that popularity and that need for her to stay in the public's mind and, and for her to always be around definitely shows that she can hold her own. I think that when you look at her in comparison to the other female characters in DC, and, and, and almost more importantly, if you're going to judge her, I think it would be difficult to put her against the, the primaries, like the Black Canaries or something like that, that are kind of their own, own characters. I, I think Batgirl's more in relation to to maybe Supergirl or something like that as, as a character who spawned out of a, out of a main character's kind of mythos. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think if you look at it like that, um, she is one of the, the, you know, the better characters that have spawned out. Um, the fact that we have four of them kind of allows you to pick and choose which one you like. And her history can be a little more linear because of that. But I think if you're comparing, the, the closest other comparison I can really come up with is Supergirl. Um, and I think that Batgirl as a character is infinitely more interesting than uh, than most of the other female counterparts in DC. Um, yeah, I think that's sort of like a really easy way to kind of look at it. I think that's a, not a, not a false way to look at it, especially back in like the pre-crisis Bronze Age where you had Supergirl, you had Wonder Girl, uh, which obviously you know it's the river of Wonder Woman. That's not exactly a female counterpart. Um, oh yeah, I was I was thinking of uh, the. Uh, is it Miss? Who is the female counterpart to Captain Marvel? Miss um, Marvel. Miss Marvel, right? Mary Marvel. Yeah. Mary Marvel. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Those those kind of like you know female alternates where you know and then Mar- Marvel has a bunch of them. Take a shot, you know, with She Hulk, <laughs> Spider Girl, and like um, all those kind of characters. I think that you know in that kind of sense, she does. She kind of feels a bit. I don't want to say derivative, but I do think that like she kind of fits that mold easily. Um. It's kind of hard to think of Batgirl and not think of Batman, essentially. I think that, you know, Black Canary equates herself very well because there's no other kind of, like, character like her. Same thing with Wonder Woman. And I think that, like, Wonder Woman has it over Wonder Girl, uh, you know, more so than vice versa. I think that Batgirl, at least initially, like, like when she kind of uh, retained her popularity in the comic books back in the 60s and 70s and 80s, was kind of just seen as, like, that kind of sort of Batman alt- alternate, which, in fairness to the character, she was a, she was a lot more than that. But it's hard to say that she, like, the character in her of herself holds up more. Because I think that, like, uh, one thing we might end up saying more than once is that Barbara Gordon is the most popular iteration of that. And despite the fact that she isn't the most popular Batgirl, at least in my mind that she is, I'm not sure if that character to mainstream audiences and readers really equips herself apart to other female characters. Just, just then, you know, oh, she's Batgirl, you know, Batgirl of Batman. And and that kind of sounds bad. I mean, that's sort of, like, what my, my take is on the question. But um, that's sort of like where I'm coming from, and I think that's sort of like a, a way to look at it. Um, so I guess I I think about this question differently, sort of. And it's interesting that everyone, like right off the top of their head, sort of thinks about Batgirl as being a direct sort of correlation or derivative or derivation, I guess, uh, of Batman. And I guess I don't. That's not the first stretch that I go to, sort of like Supergirl and Superman, because original, I mean, Batgirl. Well, let's not talk about Bat Dash Girl because that I feel like she is sort of very tertiary. But if we think about Barbara Gordon, 
I mean, she made that costume as like a joke. Whereas I think the the better examples of the female counterpart to a male is that she really is modeling her lifestyle. That was her whole intention of like, I'm going to be this female Superman or whatever and going to fight just as he fights. And this was all, you know, a joke. And then it just so happened to turn out that something happened along the way to a costume ball and she had to... Uh, to go to it. So that was all very happenstance. Um, I always just really go right to Wonder Woman and compare Batgirl to Wonder Woman as if Batgirl were just a league of her own, sort of taking away uh, the Bat family side of it all. Because Wonder Woman was basically the only hero at that time uh, when Batgirl had come out. And it was the first female DC Comics hero anyways, and that was really the only one that uh, women and, and young girls could look up to. And Wonder Woman is great. I mean, she's powerful. She comes from this island of women, which, you know, some people wonder about sometimes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but she's, you know, she's a strong and capable woman, but, you know, like her, her sort of side life when she's... Uh, What's her name? Diana Prince. Um, it, you know, it's a little touch and go sometimes. But Batgirl, I could always see, and this is how I always describe her, is like this every woman to me. So this is really what sort of the question that I was perceiving as, like, how does she hold up against them? Because uh, I think she can, but I also think that she is more relatable than other heroes. And sometimes, you know, comics are an escape. You want to have these super, super awesome and, and super heroic people to see, and of course it's fantasy. But I also think there sort of needs to be this, this grounding in realism. And if I can relate and respect to a particular character, then that's going to make me love them even more and really enjoying uh, reading their stories. And so for me, I just always compare her to Wonder Woman, and I think, you know, she doesn't have the powers, but she's really intelligent and she's capable, and people underestimate her, and that is obviously to their detriment. Uh, and that's why I think that she's one of the, the best. So when I think of her, yes, she's associated with Batman, but she didn't do it all because of him. Uh, so I guess that's my, which is vastly different for you guys, but that is my thought on, on the Batgirl character and, and what her place is. No, no, it's like, I think we kind of like compared it different ways and you're sort of like, yeah. how does she, how, how does Batgirl as, you know, a character compare? Not, I think we kind of took it as like sort of a branding thing. Yeah, I understand. Um, no, I understand. Yeah, I, I like Stella's point. I, I think that um, Ed kind of had a good point whereas like, if you compare it to someone like uh, Black Canary who is a, a very independent um or you know, Wonder Woman, who's very independent. They stand. They have their own books. Well, Wonder Woman does at least. They have their own books and stories. Um, and I mean, Batgirl does as well. But I think I like Stella's point of that. It's like the comparison of Batman and Superman, where some people like Superman because he's got all the powers and it's escapism. Where some people prefer Batman because he's the 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 more street level guy, and you think, oh, I could actually be him. Um, well, I mean. You're ridiculous to think that, but some people do. <laughs> and uh, I think that comparing Wonder Woman to Batgirl was a good example, but I do agree she still has the, the stigma of not being a completely original character, at least in terms of uh, her branding, as, as Don said. Well, and I think that the thought on that is, I mean, if you take Wonder Woman, just for example, because that's the one we're using, Wonder Woman would have existed probably 
without a Batman book. If Batman had never been wrote, Wonder Woman's creation or Black Canary's creation probably isn't directly tied to him. And I think that's where some of us link them together because as much as I love the Batgirl character, if there wasn't a Batman, they never would have been a Batgirl. And Wonder Woman didn't have, you know, or some of the other female characters didn't have to have something that came before them. You know what I'm saying? So she'll always be associated, branding-wise or otherwise. We can probably get more into this like when we get into the characters in terms of, like, relatabilities and stuff. And not that I want to couch the question, but I think that, like, uh, there's a lot of angles that I didn't see with uh, this question. But uh, from that question to another, are each of the Batgirls related in any way, or do you all consider them to be unique? I suppose this is the time to sort of mention the initial Bat-Girl, Betty Kane, and um, later on, before you know, during No Man's Land, Helena Bertinelli, who's usually the Huntress. Do you think they're all totally unique in of themselves? They're totally different characters from one iteration to another. How do basically do you uh, consider those characters? I think they're definitely independent characters, but they all interlink, which is what works so well. They don't. It's not just like oh, now there's another one. They, for the majority, sort of uh, interact with each other. Um, as Batgirl and the next Batgirl, especially uh, Barbara Gordon, has like a lot to do with all of the Batgirls, and I like that interaction, and I think it makes them stronger, and it doesn't make them feel like, oh, here's the token uh, female character, or here's just the next Batgirl because we need another one. <laughs> it, it strengthens them in that they have a canon and and they all fit into a continuity, and I think that works well. So, admittedly, there is some crossover but uh, you can definitely even if they're wearing the same costume you could tell them apart just from the way they're written which i like very much i agree with joe that there obviously is some relation to them and in most instances they have some relationship especially with with barbara gordon and the other bad girls um but i think the one thing that they did good with the bad girls which is why i think that this special will be more interesting than the robin one in my personal opinion is I believe the Batgirls are more unique as characters than the Robins are. Um, I mean, each Batgirl, when you start getting post-crisis, and we try to, try to move the other ones to the side, each Batgirl is far more unique um, and easily identifiable by their own mannerisms and the, the way they go about doing their job, enough that if you, you, you'll see a, um, maybe a Barbara Gordon on an animated show or something like that, and she, still, she feels more like Stephanie Brown. Uh, or you can guess which one they are just by the context and how they're behaving. Um, and I don't think that's so as much with the Robins. Um, so I think that they're definitely all unique in, in a good way, which makes them all interesting characters to themselves. Yeah, there is definitely, <clears throat> I think, that sort of physical tie between all of them, and, and I love that they all know each other, and <laughs> we'll get into it. But, yeah, I just love how Barbara has this mentoring role um, over the majority of them, you know, besides the uh, the oddball ones. And then Steph and Cass were like these two great friends, and and I and I don't think DC did that at all, like intentionally. Like, well, these they're the same age. Let's just make them friends. But it, it went to it it went or was created so organically, I think, and that's why we really latched onto that particular friendship. I think. Um, what also connects them, because they are, I think, very independent entities, and they all have very specific personalities, which we'll talk about, but I love that they always are a part, like really a part of the Bat family. Um, some of them may be slightly more off on the side, poor little Cass, but, <laughs> but they all are... <laughs> 
but they all, you know, they're, it may take them a little while, but they will be accepted by basically Batman. And um, they may not be like the go-to, but they are involved in the activities and everything. And that's what I love. They're not just sort of put on the side. Of course, now New 52, Babs apparently doesn't want anything to do with anybody, but uh, we're going to ignore all of that stuff. Uh, but that's just what I love that, you know, she is, she's sort of found her way into the, the club, as it were. Um, if I, if I were a joking man, of course I'm not. <laughs> super would, serious, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm super serial. Um, I think that, like you could say, they're all connected, they all have a, a particular relationships with Robin, <laughs> one Robin or another, but, uh, since I'm not going to say that, I think they're all real unique. Uh, again, kind of going back to Betty Kane, she was really just, like, probably the worst offender in terms of a female <laughs> character. <laughs> First offender. Well, not, that, not that they're all. No, okay. no, I understand. It's you could take offender in two different ways, so that's why. Uh, yeah, I'm mean, like I'm really I'm, the, 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 discussing her. It's like she basically became Batgirl to kind of hang out with her aunt and you know flirt with Robin. She had no vindiction to fight crime, whereas with Batgirl or a uh, Bat, no, she was Batgirl. Whereas with Barbara Gordon, I think there was a thrill factor to there most definitely, but she also was very altruistic and kept at it. And been, she didn't become. She didn't just become Batgirl just because, you know, she was in town with her dad, like Betty Kane. She was Batgirl because she felt the need to do so. Stephanie Brown has her own reasons. Cassandra Kane certainly has her own reasons. Hella Bertinelli has her own reasons. I mean, the reason why she became Batgirl is because the symbol of the bat is so much, was, she found was so much more effective mm-hmm. than, you know, her crossbow and the, and the, and the color purple. Uh, it, during No Man's Land, because No Man's Land, Gotham was going to hell in a handbasket. And she found out very quickly that, like, just... Uh, that that silhouette of Batman's shadow was so much more effective than she, than like possibly her entire time as Huntress up to that point. So I think that like a lot of the, the characters approach their costume identities in different ways. Um, and I think that because of that, it kind of it kind of iterates with the type of person they are, the type of characters that they are, and like the different takes on uh, the Batman mythos as well as you know just comic books and crime in general that you can kind of kind of present and portray with uh, female characters and, and characters characters you know in general essentially. So, um, those are my thoughts on that. Uh, the, the final question is, do you think that the role of Batgirl uh, is separate from any of the actual identities of the girls within or under the cowl? So, is Batgirl very different from Barbara Gordon? Is Batgirl very, that kind of thing? What do you think, Joe? I think, I think that we, it's difficult to answer because you obviously see much more of the in-costume character than you do of the out-of-costume. But I think most of the uh, the identity of the character comes through in inner monologues. And I think that, yeah, for certain characters, they're, like for Batman, you know, it's more of a mask <clears throat> being outside of the cowl. And whereas for others, they're doing it for a thrill and they enjoy it. I think with Batgirl... Uh, generally, she just she enjoys being Batgirl. I think. I mean, for most of the characters, I would say that's the case. So I feel that it's a pretty. I th- I feel that you can see their personality in both aspects, both of them in and out of the cow. But uh, obviously, there'll be some. You know, in the monologues, they'll get a lot more personal when they're just talking to people. Um, they'll normally be more reserved, out of character out of cowl it's kind of rare to see them and it's normally you know just like a briefing or something so that's how i feel about that i 
think it kind of depends on what Batgirl we're talking about, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. Uh, I think Cassandra Cain was Batgirl pretty much 24. I mean, she didn't have – she had a personal life, don't get me wrong, but she seemed to be more the same person in and out of the cow yep. uh, uh, than the rest of them. Um, I think Barbara, you know, is more disassociated. Uh, I mean, there's times where, you know, through Silver Age, stuff like that, where she's a congresswoman, things like that. So I think that she's she's far more disassociated with the cow, and I think Stephanie is kind of in the middle. But I think the question really hinges on which bad girl we're talking about. So that would be how I would look at it. I think that that is definitely right. Um, Cass, and I'll get more to this when we talk about Cassandra Cain, um, I mean, there was there was there was a point in the book where like Barbara asked, "Don't you want a separate identity?" Because she ran around with her mask, and she says, "No, I want to be Batgirl forever. Hell, I'd, I'd like to be Batman." And I think that like in terms of that character, like it was totally like there was no real difference. Um, and even like with when I think about Stephanie Brown and Barbara Gordon, I don't see a really big difference when they're in the cowl because I kind of consider them like Dick Grayson because I think there's no difference between Dick Grayson and Nightwing or Dick Grayson and Robin. They're kind of the same person. Because they kind of approach the situations with the same sort of like uh, enthusiasm or you know personality, um, I think that there is definitely I think in the later years of Batman's history uh, a, a feel of a need to kind of put upon a, a, a person a persona to be in the costume. I think that like uh, uh, Batgirl kind of like Barbara Gordon Batgirl kind of has that a little bit. Although I think like in Batgirl Year One there wasn't really much, so I think that like she was sort of like the same in a costume. And I would say the same thing applies to Stephanie Brown. Um, I think that, like, any sort of, like, uh, reason to kind of change up the persona or act differently in the costume was brought up by, by different, differentiating circumstances. Like, when Stephanie went, went up against the Clue Master, um, I think she definitely wanted to kind of just, like, act up and be a lot more aggressive because she felt so accomplished to ask Batgirl. So it was sort of a put-on, but it was, so, it was sort of like, you know, like a subconscious sort of thing. And that's sort of specific to a story and the character. But by and large, I would say that the majority of them, if if not all of them, pretty much act the way they'd like to be. Except for maybe if you want to count Helena as Batgirl because, I mean, she didn't talk much. And um, yeah. the whole point of her being Batgirl was to sort of kind of be a different character. I think there is a level of differentiation between uh, Batgirl and uh, the person actually wearing it. And, and sometimes this very much bleeds. Like, I definitely see the, the Cass Kane argument. But I also have to think of just, I mean, the, the Cassandra Kane with Stephanie Brown, like, out of the costume, even though she's still, like, very intense and everything, she, she does get to a, a lighter point in her life, which light is very, like, dark anyways. But, like, you could still somewhat separate, because there's no funny business when she is in the mask, I would say. I mean, even the fact that you can't see any part of her like skin is very like it's very symbolic but then when she got out of the mask and she was with other people and even in her relationship with Babs before Babs <laughs> said what do you want to be stupid <laughs> um that terrible comment i think there is sort of a, a a separation between them two however that one's very slight stephanie brown she is almost Stephanie Brown all the time um, because she's just so bubbly and, you know, oh, uh, but, 
but when it's time to get down to business, she gets down to business. And I think she has more of a playful attitude uh, when she was at a costume and she was going in college and everything. And, of course, her awkward, you know, saying things out loud when she didn't mean to. And Babs Gordon, I definitely agree with all of you. I think the real, that one is really where you can tell that we've got the, the serious um, – professional Babs Gordon who, you know, is very devoted to her father and and everything. But when she gets into Batgirl, she does sort of take on this more playful demeanor, uh, but she is um, she's a get down to, to business sort of person. But I think if you put them together or side by side that you can tell that there is a difference between the two. So there is uh, some bleeding, but I think that, they, you know, there is sort of a slight difference between the person who wears a costume and the costume itself. Well, don't, don't I feel shown up with that cast comment, but uh, we'll get more into it later. So those are, all our, those, are all, those are all our questions. Magic time, criminal scum. Okay, like before we get into like the meat of the, the, the show, I was going to say, just are there any other like just thoughts whatsoever on the tenures of Betty Kane and Helena Bertinelli uh, at, in, their, in their time as Batgirl? Because it was very, relatively both were kind of very short. This is why I kind of excised them from the ranking process proper. So if you have, if you want to have anything to say or maybe nothing at all about Betty or Helena, then uh, just say it now for her hold your peace. I would just say that I think they definitely have their place. Um, Bet more so than Helena. That was more a story about Helena, I feel, than Batgirl. And I think there are some fun stories, at least from the era of Bet and uh, the fact that Ron Morrison sort of brought her back into mm-hmm. some form of continuity. I uh, I definitely like that. Yeah, I think that I think the Helena story. I think I think Joe's right. I mean, the Helena story and, and No Man's Land when she was Batgirl was really just a, a Helena growing up story or Helena's character changing. And the, I think I think Bet just like you know all of the uh, all the Golden Age characters have have a place. We just don't really get into it as much because it doesn't affect you know not just New Fifty Two but but modern continuity. But the characters do have a place in the history for sure. Sure, I'll, I'll go. Um, so about both of them. So first of all, Bet just like I said before. Um, she was brought in mainly because, you know, people were getting, well, editorial was getting all this critique that they believed Batman and Robin were, you know, homosexual buddies. And so, I don't think hey. It was editorial so much as the, uh, well, the Senate hearings. Someone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> someone I forgot what it was the, um, the, Fred Fred wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, uh, well, anyway, well, there you go. You got me showing up there. But, you know, let's bring in these two females, Batwoman and Bat-Girl, and they're going to be sort of romantic interests. And I think as probably as a little girl, and of course, you know, I love shippers. So I just wonder if back then I probably uh, wouldn't have thought the Silver Age was so corny because it would have been that time when I was living. But I probably would have enjoyed it. But, I mean, it's not someone that I can look up to and really enjoy and think, man, she is someone that I aspire to be. No. And and, uh, so that, you know, that's somewhat depressing. But what's great about Bet is, I I like to call her Bet. Who knows if it's Bet or Betty. But what's great about her is that she got uh, a foot in the door and to take out the dash and then we would have Batgirl. Um, so I think that we can never forget her, even though I've never done her in Batgirl to Oracle, um, to Josh's chagrin. But I don't think we can forget her and she still, still holds um, a place in in the mythos and um, just like, was it Ed or Joe, who said that, you know, it's great that Grant Morrison 
um, brought her back. Yeah, so that is that. I'm glad that um, she's being used now. As for Helena, um, I find her somewhat of a, a slight or an insult to the um, the Batgirl cowl. And I like Helena as a character of herself. Um, but her putting on the cowl was not only very hurtful to Barbara Gordon, because if you have read No Man's Land, which I very much recommend that you do that, um, it was really hard. Like, she yelled at Batman for that, even though Batman had no idea at the time who that was. But Helena, I, I completely understand why she used the symbol. It was more her being a female Batman, I think, than being Batgirl. Uh, because she, you know, Batman wasn't really around, and she thought, this is how I can strike fear into the hearts of, you know, those, those cowardly lot of criminals. Um, but more than being a female version of Batman, she did have to think that she was sort of a Batgirl. And how did that Batgirl act before me? And I think she just completely neglects that. And so acting, I mean, she's like just acting like Huntresses, just with deadly force and everything. And it's, people, I think, fear Batman, but I think they somewhat respect him as well, just like the rogues respect Flash, because mm -hmm. he has this sort of, um, he has this line that he won't cross. And he gets awfully close sometimes, but he's not going to cross it. And I think, you know, sometimes there are some villains that are going to take advantage of that. But Helena does not worry about crossing that line whatsoever. And so it just stinks that, in a way, you know, she sort of brings down the Batgirl name. So uh, she's important, I think, to the history because without her, let's be honest, without her, um, the Cass Kane character may not have come into existence. Um, creatively, yes, but if we're thinking about story-wise, it may not have, especially, I mean, the costume and everything. But uh, it's just it's just sad, I guess, how how it went about. But it was just Helena. It was, you know, that's how she is. But those are my thoughts on those two characters because I think they are still important to the mythos and we, we, we should not forget them. Um, <laughs> well, that's kind of funny because I think that, like, uh, with Bet or, or Kathy Kane's niece or cousin <laughs> or whatever. Whoever. You know, the blonde one yeah. uh, with, with her red and green Christmas costume. <laughs> um, I think that, like, while she is notable that she was the first Batgirl, She's also extremely forgettable in that, for one, her appearances were very, very few, and what she did wasn't very much. And I'm, I'm not speaking as any sort of distaste for the characters that you know I could, you know, just fine. But I think when you legitimately sit down and look at it, she really wasn't much of a, much of a Batgirl. I mean, comparison to what we have now, I think that's sort of a shame because I think that the idea that uh, in the Silver Age there's a Batgirl. It's kind of it's kind of interesting, but she was sort of a she was sort of an add-on to Batwoman as opposed to Batman. I mean, there wasn't any Bat motifs, and really, she was just sort of like the peddling sidekick to her aunt to you know to to hook up with some some teenage kid, and that's it. Like, I mean, that's that's really that's what it was. I mean, because uh, Grant Morrison, you know, kind of made it back in Batman Inc. that Batwoman was a lot more to her than we knew her in the Silver Age, but like I've not seen him do that with Bat, you know, with with Bat Kane, Bat Dash Girl, and I think because of that. I mean, I think that, like, just to kind of keep this as um, to the letter as possible, she's worth mentioning. But besides that, I personally, I mean, it's not, I'm not going to say I don't consider her a Batgirl because she was. But 
it's really hard for me to care <laughs> because she didn't do much. I mean, the fact of the matter is that, like, uh, when she was changed as Flamebird post-Crisis, she still served about as much of... Because she was still a Dick Grayson fanboy. Even, like, when he was Nightwing, she changed her costume to look more like Nightwing. And it kind of shows the kind of mentality. I think she's a bit better written in uh, Batwoman in the uh, J.H. Williams run. But, like, by and large, I think that a lot of the flaws of her character kind of define her character, unfortunately. And I don't think, that she, I don't think she's an uninteresting character. I think she's, got, she's gained interest in her character as time has gone on. But her time as Batgirl almost isn't worth mentioning. Um, Helena Bertinelli, I think, similarly, I think she's a really good character. I think that Hunter's a really great character the Batman mythos, even though we're not talking about her here. Uh, but I think that her time as Batgirl, again, and I know Bertone's going to sit here and kind of, uh, you know, put his palm over his face, <laughs> but it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, she was Batgirl, but I don't know. To me, in my mind, the characters must differentiate each other and be their own sort of sort of Batgirl. And to me, like, kind of like uh, Stephanie, or not Stephanie, Stella put it, um, she was basically, I mean, she, she tried to kind of, you know, act on Batman's kind of more moral code, but, like, she was pretty much Huntress in a, in a Batman costume, not saying anything. And it didn't really leave an impression on me to the extent. It was a good, interesting idea, but, like, I thought if she was going to be more of a memorable Batgirl, more could have been done with her. And that's, 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 not, that's less for her, her own problem than it's just, you know, the needs of that story in the, at that particular time. But, um... Those are, yeah, those are, those are my, I feel kind of bad saying those things, but those are my honest thoughts on, uh, Bat Dash Girl and, uh, Helena Bertinelli. So I guess this is the time to get into the, uh, the main meat of the special. Masks, they hide our faces, they hide our fears. The Oracle Cassandra wore a mask to hide her shame. She knew what the future held and nobody believed her. They thought she was a joke. And when disaster struck, just like she foretold, they blamed her, but they still didn't heed her warnings. Even as they washed away the ashes and blood of their ruin, they laughed at her. <laughs> and what's so funny about that? My little girl? A cop? I resubmit the question, Dad. Barbara, be serious. I didn't put you through college so you could walk a beat. You didn't put me through college. My scholarships did. Still... And what's a detective do? He searches for information. A detective, is it? You don't even meet the minimum height requirements. Oh, fine! <laughs> Where are you going? You're the detective. You figure it out. One cop in the family is enough. I won't let my daughter become a cop. <sighs> okay, well, we're gonna start off with the one, the only, Barbara Gordon. January 1967 was a big moment for the comic world as Barbara Babs Gordon came into this world in Detective Comics number 359 in a story entitled The Million Dollar Debut of Batgirl, fathered by Carmine Infantino and Gardner Fox. Now this expensive, get it, get it, investment marked the beginning of a career that spanned 21 years and ended in 1988. Batgirl became a lighthearted departure from the tortured characters of Batman and Robin, which were each depicted as fighting crime to avenge the death of their parents. Gordon's motivation for crime fighting was written as being completely altruistic and, unlike Batwoman and Bat Dash Girl, independent of a male superhero. The character's civilian career as a library professional, coupled with her alter ego as a crime fighter, is considered to considered to be symbolic of the women's empowerment movement of the 1960s. 
Following the comic debut of Barbara Gordon, Yvonne Craig also promoted the comic book incarnation of her character. The actress was featured in photo shoots reading her favorite comic of all time, which in fact happened to be the million-dollar debut of Batgirl. And while Yvonne Craig appeared as Batgirl every week in the new season of Batman, which was the third season. DC Comics featured Batgirl on several covers of Detective Comics, and she was often pictured overshadowing Batman and Robin in order to promote the new heroine. But more about her. The daughter, and sometimes niece, but let's not talk about that, of Gotham City Police Commissioner James Gordon, Babs took up the mantle of Batgirl initially as a joke to get at her father when she attended a costume ball. Now, on the way there, she intervenes in a kidnapping attempt on Bruce Wayne by the supervillain and one of my personal favorites, Killer Moth, attracting Batman's attention and leading to a crime-fighting career. Although Batman insists that she give up crime-fighting because of her gender, Batgirl disregards his objections. Go, girl. These objections, slights, and underestimations usually come... Uh, either from Batman or Robin, and they would continue until Babs received a starring role in the magazine Batman Family, which began in 1975. Here she often had solo missions, but would occasionally team up, though this time she was offered the respect and courtesy that she deserved. Throughout her career, she would team up with Wonder Woman, Supergirl, Superman, Earth 2 Huntress, Uncle Sam and the Freedom Fighters, and the original Batwoman, just to name a few. Not to mention guest star in titles such as World's Finest, Justice League of America, Superman, Action Comics, and The Brave and the Bold. In her out-of-costume life, Barbara had a doctorate in library science and was head of the Gotham City Public Library, a role which often lent itself towards solving cases. After Babs revealed her secret life to her father, uh, Commissioner Gordon, who already knew, hey man, he's a police officer after all, she left for Washington, D.C. in order to pursue a career in politics, taking a seat in Congress and presumably leaving the Batgirl cow behind in a story entitled Batgirl's Last Case. But she would return, losing her congressional seat and uh, returning to Gotham, and would appear in Maine and backup stories in Detective Comics through 1982. DC officially retired the hero, or Babs retired herself since she found the role less fulfilling, in the one-shot comic Batgirl Special Number 1, which came out July 1988 and was written by Barbara Kiesel. Later that year, Alan Moore's... Graphic novel, Batman, The Killing Joke, depicts the Joker shooting Gordon through the spinal cord in her civilian identity and leaving her a paraplegic. Although Gordon would no longer resume her role as Batgirl in subsequent stories, editor Kim Yale and writer John Ostrander soon established the character as a computer expert and information broker codenamed Oracle, who provided intelligence and computer hacking services to assist other superheroes. Now, this character first appeared as Oracle in Suicide Squad number 23, which came out January 1989, and continues to this day. Until she doesn't. (laughs) Yeah, and that's that is the short slash long bio of Babs Gordon. I unfortunately don't have as much knowledge of this character as I would like to. I have read some of her history. I've read Batgirl Year One on Stella's recommendation and did really enjoy it. But as far as going back to some of her earlier stories, I don't have that much to go on. So, unfortunately, most of my opinion of Barbara Gordon is based, at least in terms of her wearing a cowl, is based on Gail Simone's rendition of the character in the New 52, where she is a 
a terrible character, and I've said many times that I wish her dead. (laughs) (laughs) Don't mince words. I, uh, from what I have read of her in the past, I I do enjoy her. I find her origin a little strange that she did it just to spite her father, but uh, it definitely works in the context of the story, and she's definitely you know independent of of Batman and, and. everyone really and I think that she's a very strong character I enjoy what I have read of her past and definitely intend to do more Um, I've definitely listened to some of her history on Batgirl to Oracle yeah in terms of my own first hand experience of the character it has been very disappointing for the most part simply because of Girls on Mine so I'm not sure who to blame the character or her (laughs) I Barbara Gordon is, you know, I think the most recognizable bad girl. I think partially due to the fact that she has the, the bright red hair and that any, any comic fan kind of, kind of you can see the, the hair color of the bad girl and know which bad girl you're talking about here with a blonde, a brunette, and a redhead, which I think is very interesting. On another note, but, um, you know, when I first started reading comics, basically for, you know, she was already in the chair. She was already Oracle for the majority of, of my life. And, and it was funny because one of the things I really was looking forward to when, when DC decided to reboot the universe with, with the new 52 was that we were going to get Barbara Gordon back. Not, not because I, I hate Stephanie or, 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 or Cassandra or anything like that, but because I always wanted to have more experience with Barbara Gordon being Batgirl. Um, you know, it's a character, it, it, you know, and like Batgirl year one that Joe references is, is extraordinary. But those were, were weren't stories you were getting every month where you got to see got to see Barbara. Um, I think that she provided and continues to provide an excellent template for a female character in comic books. Um, she's very smart. Uh, she's independent. I think that she was always kind of known as the the smartest member of the Bat family, definitively until Tim Drake showed up, and then depending on who was writing the characters at that moment, they would kind of switch back and forth between between Tim and Tim and her, but um, I think Barbara is a, is, a, is a really, really good character that has, I mean, she's been around a long time now. Um, she's kind of stood the test of time, and I think Barbara is an exceptional character and probably one of the best characters in the Bat family, much alone, you know, of the Bat girls, but, you know, after the reboot of the New 52, I really enjoyed it for the first part, but then the second part is kind of kind of falling apart a bit. But, um, yeah, I like Barbara Gordon a lot. You know what? I think Barbara Gordon, in terms of preparing for this podcast and researching, is easily one of the most interesting, debated, and conflicting characters in Batman's uh, supporting cast. I really, I really do think that she has, she has a lot going for her. I mean, in the late 60s, she, I mean, like we've mentioned before, her, her early appearances weren't great. They, they really weren't. Like what a pair of yams, which is one of my the funniest things I've ever read. But despite all that, she's really is sort of like a trailblazer for I think female comic characters of like sort of like second wave feminism. I think that like the fact that she has a she she's already introduced as having a PhD, and you know a, a brown belt in judo, I believe it is. Um, she's already accomplished on her own before she's even Batgirl, and because one of the things that I really admire about her, and and I was on Batgirl Oracle to talk about this was. Her frustration with not uh, reforming criminals or you know doing good, even as Batgirl, so she 
runs for Congress. And I thought that was, like, spectacular. I was like, wow, this is really, really cool. This is a great, like, she's, it kind of just showed how determined of a character she is and what really makes her, you know, that, what what really earns all the love that her character gets as, you know, you know, as Barbara Gordon, as, as a character, obviously, as Batgirl, and what a lot of that represents. So I think that, like, there's a lot, she has a lot going for her. She's, she's a great character to look up to for young readers, um, girls and boys. And I think that, like, I mean, just in terms of uh, personality, I think she's a lot of fun. I think that uh, a lot of that's helped by young... I really do think that a lot of her appeal is helped by Yvonne Craig because, apart from being, like, just flat-out sexy, she really is a lot of fun in that show because she always has this sort of, like, tongue-in-cheek, kind of, like, you know, wincing, even more so than the show itself, like, you know, approach to crime fighting where she's like, oh, well, ah, Batman, you know, I'm doing this my own way. And... She's just so much fun as that character, so I think that like that adds to her appeal, and I kind of wish she was written more like that because it separates herself from Batman and Robin, who are kind of you know, these kind of like uh, you know you know clenched up you know <laughs> they take it so seriously in that show that it's, it's patently ridiculous. Um, I do think that around like uh, let's say like around the two thousands, around Hush or afterwards, uh, in my reading of the Batman comics, I did notice there was a larger and larger fur to kind of because obviously that, by that time she was Oracle. Uh, make her Batgirl again, and um, I was a lot younger at the time, and it kind of confused me because I thought, you know, well, this is comic books, nothing, nothing, it gets turned around in comic books, of course. <laughs> How wrong I was, but um, I feel as though that there's a lot of love to the character to the point where it almost negatively influences it. And I'm not saying, you know, when Stella said she was going to do Batgirl Oracle, I didn't like it, but I think that like. Uh, there are a lot of people who just love her as Batgirl and only Batgirl. I remember there was one person who said that like she never did anywhere near as good as Oracle as she did as Batgirl, and I just disagree with that. And I think that like the character kind of stays in my mind as somebody who's very determined, who's very proactive, and who's proven to that that point beyond being Batgirl, which ultimately possibly might detriment her time as Batgirl. And it also kind of goes back to her origin because I think that the character sort of did evolve as terms of like as as much as as um you know uh, storytelling uh, kind of sensibilities evolved because I think that like I always kind of had a problem with her origin just being you know oh she kind of did it for the thrill and then and then she kind of did it for you know justice or whatever but that's but that's also why I think that Batgirl Year One is such mandatory reading for the character because Chuck Dixon and Scott Beatty really 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 illustrated excellently why she wanted to be Batgirl. And it's almost sort of an existential crisis. She doesn't want to be pigeonholed because of her size or because her father doesn't want to be a cop or, or be a detective or whatever. She wants to do what she wants to do. And no one, man, woman, or whatever, is going to let, let that stop her. And that entire book is her doing what she wants to do because she feels it's the right thing to do. It's because that's what she wants to do. And I think that really adds to the character. Um, ultimately... Ultimately, she's not my favorite Batgirl, and I don't think I'm really kind of spoiling anything. But that doesn't mean I don't like her as Batgirl, because, you know, I, do, I, I really do like her as Batgirl. You know, I, I, I always enjoyed her in the animated series. Um, I really did. I, I was always happy when she showed up. I think that, by and large, she's a very, very fun character. Um, I do think that that's not the best iteration of Barbara Gordon there is in the current history of Batman. So I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. I mean, I'm actually not sure where she'll rank on my list. But uh, those are my thoughts on Babs' Batgirl for now.
if would you believe <laughs> uh, that it's it's actually really difficult to talk about this character because in this format because you're like well what do I talk about what can I leave out because I could go on and on and on I think if I look at at Babs she is sort of the quintessential uh, back row for me um, and she wasn't necessarily the first but she was really the one that you think of first and oh, what I love about the character is that she grew so much. Um, and, and part of it is because of the age and when she came out and everything. Because in the beginning, obviously, you know, like I had in my bios, Batman said, you know, basically you're a female. This is not going to be a safe business for you. You need to get at now. So she keeps, she keeps doing it. But unfortunately, at the time, she would more often turn up as a... Uh, sort of a damsel in distress then and then she'd have to be rescued by batman and robin and then robin would mainly be play the part of a jerk and say well this is why batman told you not to be batgirl in the first place but it all really turned around when she got into batman family because she was getting her own stories um she would often partner up with robin but you know she more often than that had her own stories and that's really where i think you saw that character build um you saw her intelligence it was great having her be a librarian number one that is a completely different uh profession i think than we've seen for other characters i mean other characters well how many characters do we know that are like billionaires or millionaires you know a little too many but you know a librarian that's great it, it proves that she's intelligent um sometimes there are the, like happenstance a bad guy comes in and it, it it kind of her spidey sense tingles and wonders what's going on so she investigates but she's able to use her resources and obviously her memory issues because she has a great memory um to help her figure out the case and then she goes to congress and the thought was well i'm going to give up being batgirl but her heart is never, you know, far away from that because she, what is great about Barbara Gordon is that she wants to help in both uh, sides of her life. So Becker, obviously, she's going to fight crime. She'll help out Batman and, and sort of his, his ideal for how Gotham City should be. But she also realizes that there needs to be something else, like something in the daytime, and she needs to clean up. Uh, just like that and help people out like that. So Congress, that was why she joined, to really help and make an impact there. And when she lost her congressional seat, um, she was down in it like it really impacted the character, which I thought was really realistic. Um, and she thought, well, what am I supposed to do now? And she was just in the dumps, but her father really pushed her to realize that she can still help out and do more. And, and that's the type of character that she is, just this character with a great heart and a great sense of morality and someone that wants to help out in all aspects of her life. I also love that she doesn't have as tragic a past. I mean, there are bad things that happen to her, but she doesn't have this tragic past that Batman and Robin do. And not taking away from them, I mean, I think that really adds to them as a character, but I, I love that she has... A pretty steady home life and one of the things that uh is great about her is her relationship with her father and that's one of my favorite relationships in comics uh just this loving relationship and she really respects and looks up to him and he gives her wonderful advice and and snaps her out of these like terrible times that she sometimes has and my first 
comic I would say that I really read of her was Batgirl Year One, and I am so blessed to have read that as my first one and to have spoken with uh, Chuck Dixon and Scott Beatty because it is one of the most wonderful things I have ever read, and it just does the character justice. She really comes alive, and, and really when I was reading I thought to myself, if this were a real character... Uh, she would be my best friend. Like I was really wishing I could be in the comic because I, you know, it. I just grew it so attached to her so quickly, and just her relationship with her father. You know, all those interactions, him talking about the iron bars that he put up um, outside her door so she wouldn't climb out at midnight and things like. It. It's just, it's, it's wonderful. So. She's a great Batgirl. Uh, when she turned into Oracle, yeah, I don't like those debates either. Who is better? I think it's really comparing apples and oranges. Was she better as um, Batgirl or Oracle? She's Barbara Gordon, um, and that's the best that she is. She's the best at being Barbara Gordon, and she continued to grow into being Oracle as well. She's still, she's always, she's always going to be that intelligent character, and she's, still has that caring heart and that desire to do good and, and destroy the evil in the world. And she realized she didn't have the means to do it as Batgirl. But she did have, so she decided to use her talents in another way. And so she became Oracle. And, and again, what a great difference from other things that she, that we've seen before, that she's using her computer hacking skills and her intelligence in that way. Which is great. I mean, I think she's transitioned from sort of paper and really physical uh, intelligence to digital. So it's great how the, the comic reflects the, the change of the world as well. But what's also great about Oracle is that, <clears throat> again, her loving heart, I guess this is what sort of makes her up, her loving heart, is that she's a mentor. Uh, to many girls, and not only uh, Cassandra, because she was really this mother type towards Cass, whereas Batman was this father type, and of course they had a rough patch as well, but I think that, oh man, I, I think that she really helped Cass grow as a person, um, rather than this sort of human fighting machine, just because of her love and her devotion and trying to help her out. Uh, Steph, obviously, because, I mean, Steph was new to this role. Uh, obviously, she was Spoiler and Robin before, but I think when she became Batgirl, she really became this hero, and, and Babs helped her out and, and tried to get her to be the best she could be. <clears throat> Wendy, she was going through the same issues and this sort of same hatred that Babs had when she first became um, uh, a paraplegic just because, I mean, she just hated herself and hated that there is just this inability to do something sometimes. And Wendy had that anger as well, and, and she was able to help her through that. So just being a mentor and, and a mother, I mean, she's just so capable. And, my gosh, I've been talking for a long time. This is what happens. But she's just so capable and, and has a broad range of uh, abilities that um, she's just a wonderful character. And that this is why, you know, I started – uh, Batgirl to Oracle, and unfortunately, that's just what this current Batgirl is missing. And if we could get back to the heart of the character, then uh, so much the better. But yay, Babs! Yay, Babs! I'm actually really happy to hear you still enthusiastic about the character after being mired into the, <laughs> <laughs> the gunk that was. Yeah. The run. Um, okay, so obviously that's not the only Batgirl. Whew. Okay. Sorry about that. Oh no 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 no! I'm just I'm just I'm just getting into the next one, um, because obviously we mentioned Helen Bertinelli as an interim, but in the No Man's Land storyline, which marked the end of the Batman editorial office tenure of Denny O'Neill in 1999 slash 2000, 
came a new Batgirl, the first one to have her own ongoing series for 70-odd issues. Um, from 2000-2006, it's Cassandra King! I asked you a question. What are you supposed to be? I'm... I'm... I can handle her, Batman. Robin, no. She's just a girl. Really? Little twerp in short pants thinks I'm a walkover. He's got a lot to learn. But I'm not going to let these two push me around. Hey! What am uh. I? What are you guys? You show me your license to wear masks and act tough. This is no game. You have no right to wear that symbol. And you do? This just gets better and better! I get to kill Batman, Robin, and Batgirl all in the same night! My rep is made, boys! Cops are coming, kill him off. Get us out of here. And so it became official. Now, I am Batgirl. And I can already see that I'll never be comfortable with the name. I'd have preferred Batwoman. Now? Yes, yes. L louder. <laughs> <laughs> Born as a spawn of world-class assassins David Kane and Lady Shiva Wusan, the child who would become Batgirl was raised to be the deadliest fighter alive. Brought up by the Killer Kane, Cassandra was trained in every martial art created and taught to read people through their body language. Using the, center, using the language center of her brain to predict her opponent's movements, she became a master fighter by the age of eight, although the trade-off was that she was hopelessly illiterate. On her eighth birthday, she was assigned her first murder and carried out as instructed. However, her gift of reading people through their body language came with an unforeseen consequence of experiencing their death by her hands. Horror-stricken by what she had done, Cassandra ran away from Cain and spent the next decade roaming the world aimlessly in an attempt to atone for her past sin. Finding herself in Gotham during the No Man's Land, Cassandra was discovered by Barbara Gordon, a.k.a. Oracle, and was, assigned, and was given a job as a courier. During this time, she happened upon an assassination attempt of Commissioner Gordon by none other than David Cain, the man who raised her. She saved Gordon's life, which brought her to the attention of Batman. Quickly assessing her background and moral stance to not kill... Batman, with Barbara Gordon's blessing, made Cassandra the next Batgirl to assist in reclaiming Gotham City and fighting in his war on crime. Cassandra would go through numerous trials in her time in the cowl. After taking the streets as Batgirl, she came across a telepath who gave her brain the gift of conventional communication at the cost of her body language reading. Desperately wanting to return to her former state, Cassandra encountered Lady Shiva who agreed to help her regain her skills in exchange for a death duel. Cassandra readily agrees, seeking penance for her one kill, and after a year of training and contemplation, she engages Shiva and is quickly killed, only to be revived by Shiva, who saw her through her death wish and obliged for a one-time-only deal. Cassandra goes on to defeat Shiva, a feat never before accomplished, and becomes one of the most fearful martial artists on the planet. And then some horrible stuff happened, and then Adam Beach, and then one year later, and then New 52, and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, that's we not important right now. That. Yes. <laughs> no, I'm not. Um, Cassandra Kane, um, notably uh, remembered as, you know, the ninja Batgirl, the Batgirl of the 2000s, you know, the Asian Batgirl if you want to be crass. What do we think about her, starting with Joe, who knows everything about her, obviously? I think what I like about Cassandra Kane is just how different she was to Barbara Gordon. I mean, just her, both her upbringing and, you know, the reasons for being Batgirl. And just, I think it's really, like, just really interesting character, just not being able to communicate because it really gets <clears throat> it really gets you thinking about just like how they think and stuff because if if she doesn't know any words then like when I when I think to myself I'm thinking in a language whether it's like just kind of 
so I like unconscious thought or if I'm thinking you know in words going like right I'm going to do this then I'm going to do that and she'd have no that that just is such a foreign notion to that character because they wouldn't have any words so I just thinking about that I just think it's a really cool character and um the fact that they kind of left that behind is a shame and it would have been cool to have like stories really examining that I I love I like the fact that just how adept at fighting she is and just her her backstory and stuff. In a way, kind of, obviously she came first, but it reminds me of Damien, just the fact that trained by assassins and is a master assassin at a really young age. But I think she's a really interesting and cool character and uh, she has a pretty badass costume as well. <laughs> oh, yes. Um. Yeah, Cassandra Kane when, when when she was introduced in... No Man's Land. Um, it was a character that I really liked a lot. Um, she was a radical departure, not just from Batgirl, but from characters in general. You know, her character changed a lot over time, and I actually really prefer her the way she was introduced to No Man's Land. I thought the idea that she couldn't talk and having to communicate through written messages and stuff like that was was a very different and unique character, and I felt like she kind of lost. A little bit of, of her luster when when you know she had had the training. Um, it is interesting her backstory, you know, with Lady Shiva. Um, but but Cassandra to me was was a really cool character. I I really didn't like the uh, the one year later storyline, which I'm sure that Donovan has numerous thoughts on, where she was kind of made the turn. Um, they turned into the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was a disservice to the character that had been built up to that point. So I, I liked her early, and then you know she she became the Black Bat later. But but I think Cassandra was a character whose uniqueness and originality, unfortunately, they they kind of backed off of her too much for me. Um, I liked her the way she was introduced. Uh, I wish that she was still alive and kicking in the DCU. Uh, you know that being said, but I think she started off amazing, and she they they kind of tried to make her more and more plain over the course of a character for me, and I think that really just diminished her. But I think Cassandra is, is a unique unique character in the DCU, and, and I do miss her. Ooh, Cass Kane. Uh, now, I have to say, and this is not, uh, you know, false here and, and just uh, trying to be pleasing to our host, but if I were not um, close friends with Don. I don't know if I would have given this character a chance, and I'm so glad <laughs> that I am, uh, and I did give her a chance, and I read through her whole series, and because just thinking about not being versed in the character, um, it just, it's hurtful to my heart. Um, so I, I do really recommend uh, checking out her series, just like I recommend Steph Brown. What's great about, or I guess not great, but what's strange about Cass is she is like Latin. Now, <laughs> bear with me here, but obviously, I obviously I teach Latin, <laughs> and what I find out is that there are students who love Latin with like heavy passion, and there are students that hate Latin so much, Mm. and I don't know if people, like, hate Cass, but it's just that there are these degrees here. They either love her and are very passionate, and I sort of described her last night to Don as, like, this cult film, where if you think about, like, cult film, I think of, like, um, 
uh, Harry, what is his name, Harold and Maude, this like bizarre film my mom took me to, just like that have a devoted fan following. Uh, I think she's definitely like that, where there are people that are really devoted to her, and then others that they gave her a shot, but they're just not into her, and they won't try to give her any more of a chance. And that stinks, but it's also just like this really interesting um, What's a concept, not a concept, but just I I don't think we have any other characters like that, that you either hate them or you love them, because I think it's always sort of in degrees uh, better than that. So I found her first, obviously, in No Man's Land, and she's just sort of a a messenger that goes to and fro, and there's not too much. You don't know too much about her, just that she doesn't talk as much. But when she first got that costume, man, what a slight, like, just looking at the character model is very interesting, and... More so than Batman, it's almost as if at the very beginning of her career, she's just sort of inhuman, um, and she wants to be devoid of everything else, like no emotions whatsoever, because she was basically created almost as if she were like a test tube product, product like X-23, um, just created to be like this this killing machine, um, and she just wants to be completely separate from everything else. So there's basically no skin showing whatsoever. You know, even the the mouth stitched up and everything. And of course, th- that is probably also symbolic in the fact that she she doesn't speak. So the first like maybe six issues, I'd say, uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong, Don, but very little dialogue. <laughs> uh, so the issues go by quickly, but it's all in the movements and everything because that's I, which is so amazing. Just that that is her talent, and which is vastly different from any other character. And then of course, yeah, the the mind um, melding. I, I don't even know how you would describe it. Where she is able to almost think and emote more, and I think this is both uh, a hindrance and a help because we are able to get to see more of an actual uh, character and she starts to learn to be a person. But then we lose that like really kick-ass element of, of just her and, and speaking with her, her fists and her, her feet and everything. I, I think she develops so much. I think the best characters are those that are dynamic and... You see this most with her interactions with different people because I think in the beginning it was just like this very impersonal relationship she had with Babs, you know, getting messages to and fro. But then there really developed a, a bond between the two of them. And <clears throat> and I love her relationship with Tim. I, I very specifically remember that one time I think they went to Blue Haven and they were um, basically helping each other out, um, putting on bandages and stuff. And she's, she talked about, my gosh, I remember this. Uh, she talked about... Uh, what is it, flinching, two for flinching, but the two would be bullets, mind you. Um, <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, my gosh, what type of father, you know, would do that? Um, so her relationship with him, her relationship with Steph, those sparring matches that they used to have, and I remember uh, Steph threw up after one of them. And and with Steph, what's great about Steph, and we'll talk about that later, is that she brings out, like, the, really these childlike qualities and in, in the other people that she's relating to and I don't know if Cass can ever be considered a child but she was actually able to sort of live in a love life I think that when she was with Steph and um gosh she's devoted to the mission devoted to Batman I think 
Maybe. I don't know. I would almost argue she's the most devoted to Batman out of maybe any of the characters save Tim that we've like that have ever come in contact because she is really devoted to the mission, to following him. I mean, she goes up against him sometimes, but I, I think that she is just like really uh, a soldier. And later on, she sort of develops her own mind for everything. And her background, I think this will be the last thing I talk about, sorry, because Don needs to talk oh, no. about it the most. But um, <clears throat> I love that this like almost twisted uh, family that she has. And of course, we're going, that's like, just like Joe said, Joe, you are spot on. Just the fact that a vast difference from Babs Gordon. You know, Babs had this, I, I won't say great childhood since we know now about James Gordon, but this great connection with her father, great family, more of a positive background, but Cass is completely different. Was there any love shown? Perhaps in their own uh, special way, but I mean, just think about all the times we see Kane uh, when he pops up in the series, and then when she fights her mother. I mean, who wants to have a mother? Shiva. Seriously? I don't, I don't think that's good. Uh, so just really interesting, and I won't talk about her villain. I, I think we should just, you know, ignore all that stuff, but... I really encourage people to give this character a chance because I think she is wildly different from anything that we've ever seen, but she is just awesome. I, I think that she is a great Batgirl, and it, it was great to see her her develop um, over the years that I saw her, and I, I read her entire run maybe in like a couple weeks. It was really quick, but that's how quickly I got into her. And of course, she does have her own little love life as well. Oh, and I remember she tries to get into culture. It's kind of funny the way that she tries to, you know, get into the the world. And I remember this one particular panel where she dresses up all crazy. I don't yeah. even know if you can describe like in one word what it cuz it's not hipster. I'll tell you that, but she's got like this skirt on and these like military boots and oh man, it was so weird. But she's just great and it's almost fun to laugh just at how awkward it is for her sometimes to get into it, but um, she does, she's learning, and, and I think hopefully in the outer world, wherever she is now, that she's still learning and, and living right now. So, yeah, go Cass! <laughs> if you thought that was a lot, <laughs> sit back. Okay, deep breath. <clears throat> uh, regular, regular listeners of the podcast are probably familiar with, like, how much I like Cassandra Kane. Uh, so, I, I, so a lot of times I kind of wonder if people just kind of like think that I like her because I'm a, con- you know, I like to be contrarian and because she's kind of an, she's really an ignored and kind of, I'm not going to say forgotten, but kind of left back character. I think people are just assuming that Donovan just wants to be against DC for the lols. Um, but that's not, that's not really it at all. Um, okay. Just, just cards on the table. I, I think Cassandra Kane is my favorite Batgirl. I think she is the best Batgirl. In fact, I would go as so far as to say is that I think that she is like one of the best comic book characters ever, just flat out. If she's not the best Batman supporting character ever made, then she's certainly in that conversation. Like, like end of the day, she's one of the best, and certainly the best I've ever read. I think that there's a lot of factors that go into there. I think that, like, um, like Stella was saying, um, her origin, I think, is really, really cool. Whereas a lot of it's either, you know, oh, your parents are dead or they're not. Um, she's, you know, she's the sired spawn of assassins. And I think that, like, lends itself to a very interesting perspective where 
she has the skills, and that, those skills bring her to Batman. But her conviction not to kill and to fight crime in Batman's way is so complete and so uh, honest and so genuine that it puts into sharp relief how almost super normative the rest of the Bat family really are. Because, I mean, you have characters like Dick and Barbara and Tim who, like, like it's almost to the point now where, like, their purpose in the Batman comics are to kind of, like, you know, arch your eyebrows and kind of tilt their head at Batman's machinations and say, well, he's, that's kind of weird. But Cassandra's completely different. She loves Batman, and she loves the, the fight, and she loves, um, she loves, you know, what she does. I mean, she wants to be Batgirl, genuinely. I mentioned it earlier. Barbara's like, don't you want to have another life for yourself? You don't want to be, you really want to be Batgirl all, all the time? And she's like, so? Like, she, she honestly, she, she truly does not see any problem with that, you know. And um, to the point where, like, Barbara even says, calls her out, you know, you want to replace Batman, don't you? And she's like, yeah. Um, I think that's really interesting. I think that, like, that lends herself to a very interesting personality because, again, her, her origin's pretty dark. She's basically a, t- a child soldier. And I think that, like, that works well for a Batman character to kind of have that sort of, like, killer instinct, but to kind of fight for it. And, like, similar, similarly to Damien, it's sort of like, you know, choosing what she wants to be or trying to leave the past behind. And I think that, like, that really makes her personality endearing. She's not completely grim and gr- I think there's a misnomer that, like, because she has this all-black all costume, she's a grim and gritty character, but that's that could not be farther from the truth. I mean, she's a dark character, but she's still... Her personality... Is where is where it is, and that's why people like her so much because her personality in the face of so many things is really really fun to read. She's a she's a wonderful character to read, and it also goes in in, um, in terms of how she relates to the other Batman characters in the Batman comics. Because I mean, her relationship with Batman is it's it's wonderful. It is a father daughter relationship, no less. And the fact that we have that in Batman comics is really, really fun to read. I mean, I think that you can say that he has that sort of like father-son relationship with with Robin or the various Robins. But like when you see it with Cassandra, I mean, he takes her under her wing almost immediately because he sees what kind of skill she has. They go on patrol and he's very, very like, like he calls her perfect. She's like, she's basically like like the perfect uh, partner he's had up to that point to the, to the point that where he is so, relies on her and believes in her so much that he does not believe that she initially killed somebody as a child. He, uh, he, he's in denial about it for months. So he goes and investigates. And when he sees the footage of what uh, Kane did to her, you know, shooting her in the back and stuff like that, uh, when he sees the type of abuse that, he, that she suffered when she was a child at Kane's hands, and when he gets his hands on Kane, it is a, it is a brutal beatdown of a father protecting his daughter. He's like, stay away from her. You are never going to touch her again. You are never going to see her again. She is lost to you because she's mine. And it's a really interesting relationship to see that you don't see with any other character. And, you know, I mean, Stella kind of, like, took that point again. Similarly, with Oracle, her relationship with Oracle is, is equally terrific. I mean, because Oracle gave her blessing for Cassandra Kane to be Batgirl. And because of that, she kind of guides her to, kind of, you know, be Batgirl, but she really kind of guides her to be a better person. She kind of wants to normalize her. She shows her makeup. She says, why don't we go out to see a movie, eat some pizza, let's, let's do something normal. And Cass is most of the time very reluctant, but, like, I think uh, Babs really helps develop Cassandra to be a better person. And um, 
And Cassandra really knows, even though Cassandra's reluctant, she, she's fully aware of this. When she goes off to die against Shiva, she starts to leave a message saying, Oracle, thank you for everything you've done. You were like a mother to me. And then she can't even get the rest of the words out because she's too busy crying. And that's how much Barbara means to Cassandra. And I think that's terrific. Again, this is, this is sort of written in a time where we didn't really see relationships like that. And of course you have the relationships with Tim Drake and Stephanie Brown because obviously with Stephanie, it was, they were best friends. I mean, again, much like Barbara, Stephanie was trying to become a better crime fighter and wanted to be a better fighter. And, you know, at first Cassandra was annoyed by her, but then they got to be really good friends. And then, like, whenever Cassandra, uh, when Stephanie would become Robin or when she would, like, kind of go away, she was always disappointed. And when it was thought that Stephanie was dead, she was haunted by Stephanie's death for, for a long time. Um, Tim Drake, I mean, Tim's determination and detective skills really inform how Stephanie sees what people who are fighting with Batman can turn out like, you know, it's, it's a very interesting juxtaposition. And I, you know, I kind of joke now and then that there could be romantic tension. I think there is, but like, it's an interesting relationship all the same. Uh, finally, there is the fact that like, she is like the first major non-white character in like the Batcave. And I think that's a really good thing because partly I think it helps keep the the cast, you know, it keeps it from being completely chalk white. But more more seriously, I think that like uh, it's such a non-issue in her in her character that like it really isn't even mentioned or even brought into the dialogue until like very late in her series where her character says, "Hey, who are your parents?" And I think that's really I think that's terrific. I think that like just because she's good in martial arts doesn't necessarily derive from her ethnicity. Shiva just happened to be her mother, and a lot of that wasn't really played into it. And I think that helps her become a lot a really viable character for readers. I think that her determination to become uh, away from her assassin past and do what she wants, as well as develop as a person, really, really, really makes her one of the best developed and best written characters there's ever been. I love Cassandra Kane. And the fact that DC just refuses to acknowledge her and bring her back into the fold. Because I think that, like, at the end of the day, she doesn't need to be Batgirl. I think she earns her part as Black Bat. She's basically the same mm-hmm. character, like I said earlier. But the fact that DC really just doesn't want to bring her back into there, honestly, it, it honestly breaks my heart. And I don't like that they're doing that. I think that she's uh, an irre- irre- irreplaceable character. I don't think that, that um, her part in the Batman family was ever replaceable. And I just think that, like, her relationship with Batman, especially, and with the other characters in the Bat family, is really one that, like, I think, this is, a, this is just a character that every Batman fan needs to read. And I think that, like, you would be doing a disservice if you say, well, I like Batgirl, but I never read Cassandra Cain. Give her a shot, please, I implore you. I love Cassandra Cain, and she's always going to be my Batgirl. There are two things I, I just wanted to, to note um, from yours that I thought about. Yeah. Number one, how important and wordlessly important that it was that, that Babs gave her blessing to Cass, whereas she was very against and hurt by, you know, Helena running around, even before she knew it was Helena. But I think all the more, you know, how important a, a character that you would receive your blessing from the quote first Batgirl um, and that Babs would allow her that and give her that chance. So I thought that was wonderful. And I just second that whole thing that, like, her ethnicity is not even an issue. I mean, it's wonderful that, you know, we diversified the Batcave. But, like, I I don't know. Like, I, I think it's great that the writers don't really even talk about it. It's It's really, like, almost a non-issue. It's not always at the forefront of your mind because... Cass is Cass. She's not the Asian Batman or the Asian Batgirl, and I think that that is that's awesome. Yeah, so. she's not because like she's, she's never ever written to be like this China doll stereotype. Right. Yeah. Like, right. You know, it's talking in these this terrible. I mean, she. I mean, like her her uh, disability to talk 
he's really like you know because you can kind of read it in the lettering she kind of speaks slow and there's always like these ellipses but she never has this sort of like mm-hmm. she talks she talks like a normal person she learned to talk around barbara gordon so yeah it's never really like the fact that like she plays up this type she just happens to be you know eurasian she's half chinese so that's mm-hmm. that's the fact of her biography yeah but uh i'll, I'll, I'll shut up now because <laughs> <laughs> no yeah it's great nice i think you get your diploma really well, how's my postgraduate work? I wouldn't grade you as high as my partner. Yeah, well, I have a few words for you, too. I don't think you passed. I survived, didn't I? That's not enough. You use lethal force against your last opponents. We don't do that. We don't kill even to defend ourselves. Was I supposed to let your paper dolls shoot me? What would that have proved? Only that you could be one of us. It wasn't a fair test. She didn't have any of the gear we use. I don't need all these toys. I'm strong enough and smart enough for anything you throw at me. Then answer one question. Why? Well, I... I... I thought so. This isn't a game. Time to go home, little girl. Is that it? I failed the final because I can't tell you in 50 words or less why I want to do this? You may have all the tools of the trade, but you don't have a monopoly on wanting to help! I'll tell you why, you big scary goon! Because I can. I can see Gotham's future. And without people like you and and Pixie Boots and me, this place doesn't have much to look forward to. So go ahead and gas me with your handy knockout spray. I'll still feel the same way when I... Curious how the role of bad cop is so easily ceded to the understudy. Uh, okay. And now we have our final Batgirl, Stephanie Brown. (laughs) The world would never be the same once bubbly Stephanie Brown ran onto the scene, created by Chuck Dixon and Tom Lyle. She was born the daughter of the Clue Master, one of Gotham City's third-rate villains. But luckily for us, Stephanie did not inherit her father's penchant for crime as she tailored a costume for herself and deemed herself spoiler, helping Batman and Robin, uh, Tim Drake at the time, take down Clue Master. Once Tim decided to hang up the cape for his father's sake, and after spying what she thought was some hanky-panky between Tim and another girl, (laughs) Stephanie created her own Robin costume, snuck into the Batcave, and demanded that Batman train her as a new Robin. Despite his past belief that Stephanie was an inept crime fighter, Batman accepted her, put her through several months of intensive training, and made her a costume with the same modifications as Tim's. As Robin, she patrolled with Batman, and for a time seemed like a capable replacement for Tim. But, unfortunately, for disobeying his orders on two missions, Batman later stripped her of the costume, uh, that figuratively, and told her that she was done. <laughs> you are done being a hero because he couldn't trust her in the field. But hey, you all listen to Rank the Batman Part 1 Robin, so you all know this, yeah? Mm-hmm. So let's uh, go on after that. Uh, Stephanie, she wanted acceptance, especially by Batman. So she came up (laughs) with a wonderful plan to prove herself to Batman by stealing one of his long-range plans for dealing with the entirety of Gotham's criminal underworld. Now, since this plan was predicted or predicated on the involvement of Matches Malone, whom she did not know was actually one of Batman's alter egos, uh, the plan unraveled quicker than a yarn ball given to a tiger. 
The result was a citywide gang war, Batman War Games, anyone? In which (laughs) Stephanie was captured by the Black Mask. Some torture porn ensues. Joe, hey, Joe. She escapes and dies at... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, She escapes and dies at Leslie Tompkins Clinic as Batman sat beside her. Batman later found evidence that vital medical treatment that could have saved Spoiler's life had been denied by his longtime trusted ally, Leslie Tompkins, who had fled to Africa in shame. When confronted by Batman, Tompkins in tears claimed that she willfully withheld treatment to Spoiler in the hopes that Batman would see the violence he caused and give up his mantle. Batman had uh, personally exiled Leslie from the United States, informing her that if she ever returned, he would make sure that she was prosecuted in the fullest extent of the law, but hey, enough about her. Then a spoiler appeared within the pages of Gotham Underground. Now, although her identity was not concretely revealed, it had been shown that she had blonde hair and she knew Tim Drake's secret identity, so people were rightly confused. In fact, it was then later revealed in the Robin's Blower special that Stephanie Brown did not die, say what, but was severely wounded only to the point of death, uh, not to death itself. So Stephanie survived and accompanied Dr. Tompkins to Africa, where she worked as a missionary during her recovery. After recovering, Stephanie returned to the U.S. and took up her former identity as Blower and resumed her friendship with Drake after announcing her return to her mother. Stephanie enrolled in the same school with Tim under an assumed name to prevent those criminals who think her already dead to prevent them from resuming their attacks on her in real life. (sighs) Okay. (laughs) So, Stephanie graduated from high school. Okay. And became a student at Gotham U, still living with her mother. But here's the important part. Cassandra came. She becomes disillusioned following Bruce Wayne's apparent death, and she decided to give Stephanie the Batgirl costume atop a roof. I know that Donovan loved that scene. After operating as the new Batgirl in Kane's costume, Stephanie is confronted by Babs Gordon, who was notified of her activities by Dick Grayson, the then Batman at the time. Barbara tried to reason with Stephanie to get her out of her vigilante activities, as she still saw Steph as an impetuous youth. Huh. Where'd you get that idea? And even still remembers her role in causing a citywide gang war and her near-death experience at Black Mask's hands. However, a new type of recreational drug was then hitting the streets of Gotham, and it was known as Thrill, which they discover was manufactured by the Scarecrow and Black Mask. The discussion and waffles must wait. Both women find themselves needing each other to stop this drug trade. Steph eventually confronts and defeats Scarecrow, which impresses Babs, and shows that she now has the maturity needed in order to properly wear the cowl, and remarks that she's capable of facing her fears and failures. So, in a candlelight ceremony, Babs allows Steph to carry on his back roll, and even Dick Grayson also accepts her into the field. Damien is somewhat apathetic to the whole thing. <laughs> Uh, Babs would later take a job as an assistant professor at Stephanie's uh, at Stephanie's school in order to continue to keep in contact with her. Barbara also handed Stephanie an unused costume, which was designed for her to replace Cass's tattered costume, thus giving her her own unique identity. In her two-year tenure as Batgirl from 2009 to 2011, Steph would come across new and old, strange, gooey, dangerous, and idiotic villains. She would be the lead in Team Batgirl, which consisted of Steph herself, Wendy Harris, a.k.a. Proxy, and Babs Gordon, a.k.a. Oracle. 
The tech-savvy team would often create new technology, given names by Steph like the Gooperang, which was a batarang which would create a sticky situation for whomever it hit, or the Ricochet, uh, Steph's mode of transportation. As Batgirl, Steph teamed up with Batman, both Bruce and Dick. She actually slapped Bruce one time. Robin, Damien, for whom she developed a sibling bond and even tried to teach him how to have fun and be a kid in his off time. Clarion, and of course Clarion's cat, Teekle, uh, Supergirl, and the Teen Titans. Steph grew a great deal in her short career as Batgirl and would reach many a fan's heart, either through her caring and optimistic demeanor or her love for waffles. Uh, as an aside, uh, I did find some very intriguing information about this, which almost makes me reconsider my thoughts on the Robin special about whether <laughs> Steph was a Robin or not. So apparently, uh, can I go, is this okay? Am no, I, no, go, go right. like four. So I, want, in, I want you to be corrected. Okay. In Batman 673, uh, in a scene shown as a possible hallucination of Batman's, there appears to be a monument case in the Batcave containing the Robin costume worn by Stephanie Brown. In Robin 174, uh, upon Stephanie's apparent return from the dead, Batman reveals to Tim that he had lingering doubts about her death, which is why he never dedicated Batcave Memorial to her, because I know there is a fan outcry about all that. Uh, she was only Robin for a very short time during Robin 126 to 128, though not counting other appearances. But in narrative time, according to Robin's war journal from uh, Batman War Games, she was Robin for a hundred, oh wait, 71 days, so longer than it seems. Hmm. And then finally, when Alfred asks if Batman's acceptance of Stephanie as Robin was conceived by him as only a temporary measure from the outset and constituted part of a deceptive and manipulative effort to lure Tim back to the Cape, Batman evades the question. However, when a dying Steph asks, was I ever really Robin? Batman answers, yes. Aw. Take that, Stella. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so there we go. Steph Brown. Okay. One I can actually talk about for once. This is the Batgirl that I have read the most of and read in actual comics as they came out uh, during the Batman Reborn era. And really enjoyed her. I mean, I didn't really have any history with the character of Steph Brown um, as Robin or Spoiler, but reading her as Batgirl, it was... What I like is how fun she was, especially in... I mean, that whole era of Batman was more fun than the typical grim and gritty and everything's got to be dark because we had Dick and the Cowl and stuff like that, but even with the rest of the books being a bit more light-hearted, her book stood out as the most light-hearted. And that's refreshing in a universe where everyone has to be depressed all the time, and I really enjoyed that. I liked seeing her home life and her relationship with her mother and stuff like that. You know, I was saying earlier about you don't see much out-of-costume stuff, and we saw that with Stephanie Brown, and I really liked it. I really enjoyed her series, and when it ended so abruptly, it's one of those few times that I actually get emotional when reading a comic book, and it was just seeing what could have been in the rest of the series and what Brian Q. Miller had planned for her. And even though she just had that one series, I mean, she had crossovers with other books and stuff, and I like the fact that she was one of the few people who actually stood up to Batman so that when he came back from... In Bruce Wayne, the road home, she goes up and slaps him in the face and stuff. So she's another one who actually 
has a relationship with Batman, which I liked. And uh, how everyone, you know, was unsure at first, but then accepts her, and she was one of the few people to tame Damien, which, uh, you know, being my favourite Robin, that was a cool moment to see them them both together. So, I I really like the character. I think that Stephanie Brown is a really cool character and a really good bad girl. Very much agreeing with Joe, I think that one of the biggest isn't problems I have with Stephanie Brown or, or, or Brian Q. Miller's work, which was really, really good, but it's the it's kind of the unfulfilled promise thing, right? I mean, we don't really know. I mean, her story was just really getting started when the rug was kind of pulled out from underneath her. Um, but I think she fits the Batgirl mode. As much as I like Cassandra, I, I think if I was reshaping the DC Universe and it was up to me, I would have Cassandra as kind of like the Black Bat character. I think she's more suited for that. I prefer the lighter approach to Batgirl that Stephanie brings, um, which is why I, I like Barbara Gordon, or used to like Barbara Gordon. Um, oh, and, that's not nice. <laughs> the, uh, there's sometimes when things get bad, and the past couple months have been brutal. But, um, you know, I, I like that lighter feel. Um, Brian Q. Miller's Batgirl with Stephanie Brown. I mean... For anyone that thinks that a book has to be overly morose or extremely dark to be enjoyable, then go read that. I mean, it's it's a great comic. It's and I know it's something that, this isn't something we talk about a lot, but but I have a daughter who's who's ten now who who does read some comics. That's one of the things that I can let her read. It's an all ages comic, but it's still entertaining for me as an adult to read it. Um, I liked. I really, really, really appreciated the tone that was going on when Stephanie was uh, was Batgirl. Um, so I. I, I I think she's a great character. And I, I think it's funny that some of the, the, the modern interpretations that we see of Batgirl now are really more based on Stephanie. I don't know if anybody else he, you know, here, I'm sure some people listening, have played the Injustice video game that is out now that features Batgirl in it. And although she has red hair, that character is clearly Stephanie Brown. I mean, she makes wisecracks between rounds. I mean, it's clearly Stephanie Brown Batgirl. I know it has red hair, and she, she says it's Barbara Gordon. But that character is based on Stephanie, which it, it, to me it's just unfortunate that, that she was canceled. I think Stephanie's a lot of fun, and I think she was a natural progression of the character coming off, off Cassandra. And I think that my only problem with Stephanie is that her story ended before we, we got a completion to it. So, yeah, I love, I, I love Stephanie. Um, I like all her backstory, too, before she was Batgirl, which is something that I know we're not really talking about here. But I think that she had a great journey to becoming Batgirl. Mm-hmm. And I, I really wish we'd, we'd we'd got to see more of that character. And it's extremely unfortunate that just like Cassandra, she is on hiatus island, you know, and and not to be seen it's from. An awful and place. it's it's an awful place, you know. But at least her and Cassandra, which were friends, get to hang <laughs> up. So yeah. you know, they're there together. But uh, yeah, I just uh, I don't see how anybody could not enjoy the character of Stephanie. To be totally honest with you, and uh, I think she's absolutely amazing. She's a great character. Yeah, Stephanie Brown, I like her. I really like her. I kind of, you know, I've I've been following Stephanie Brown since her spoiler days in the pages of Robin, and I I regret remember like before War Games, I was actually thinking, you know, would be an interesting story for Robin if, if, if you killed her. Not that I just like the character, but it would be interesting if she died and like that caused an entire quagmire. Oh yeah, so like go back in time and beat up I guess ten year old Donovan. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and then get arrested for doing so. Anyway, um, but no, I, I mean I've always enjoyed the character. It's funny because I think she's one of those characters who's, like, not really written to be annoying, but, like, a character that routinely 
the people in the comic books didn't really care for. Because even before Tim and her were dating, Tim was always very much like, go home, Steph. And she would always, she would repeatedly say, I used to hate it when you called my name. Knock it off, Steph. This, is, this isn't a date. And then like, he, would, he would kiss her. I sent you those issues, Stella. But um, um, I think, though, as Batgirl, she's a lot of fun. I think that she, uh, if you were kind of, you know, play Doctor Who with this, you would have Barbara Gordon regenerate into Cassandra Cain and then regenerate into Stephanie Brown. And it is more of a natural progression because one is different than the other. Obviously, with Cass is in the middle, it would have to be. But, I mean, I think I think Stephanie is, like, probably the brightest character in the DC universe. Or not the DC universe, maybe, but, like, possibly. But, like, in the Batman family, in the Batman universe, I think she's a brighter more upbeat uh, character than Barbara is. And that's not to say that Barbara as Batgirl is ever morose, but I think that Barbara Gordon as Batgirl is really kind of like sly and fun. Stephanie is a bit more of like, you know, like a, you know, I don't know, because she's she's a, bit, a lot younger, I think that just allows for her personality to shine more because she's really one of those characters who I truly don't think there's any difference between her or any major difference between her and the cow and her, you know, at, at college. Um in fact, I remember very well, like, as, as the Robin special was winding down, I may have made the, uh, the mistake of saying that she wasn't different from, from spoiler to Robin to Batgirl, and Stella was mumbling in the background, you're so wrong. <laughs> but um, I think that there is, there is something to attach to in Batgirl. I think that is, the story behind there is her story of progression and development. Because so much of her legacy is the, the the Bat character who really wasn't trained well. You know, she was daughter of Clue Master, and she probably shouldn't even be doing it. Even even to the last issue of Robin, Tim still maintained that she shouldn't have been a vigilante. And it's, it's interesting to, for her to be made background because, one, it proves him dead wrong. But also, it kind of just goes to show what, uh, she, you, you know, what a character can become eventually. I think that it's a really cool thing for Stephanie to... For for the overall story of Batman to be the daughter of a, of a of a criminal and you know be a, an amateur crime fighter and eventually make her way up to Batgirl and I liked in the final issue how we see that she could have even become you know the, the first female Nightwing that would have been awesome to see mm-hmm. and I think that that really really lends, lends itself to making the character very very appealing I mean besides the fact that her personality is just just tons of fun. And um, again, a lot like Cassandra, I think, or they'll even think I'm more so. Her backstory isn't the greatest. I mean, she kind of had a she had a criminal father. Her mom was a you know a pill popping drug addict before she got her crap together and became a doctor. She was abused as a child. She had a uh, unplanned pregnancy. She was you know presumed dead after she was like beaten and shot and tortured. She's not had the easiest life. I remember I remember when Stella was talking to people who were making the Batgirl spoiled web series, and they were describing how dark her backstory was. And that's true, but like the character is like almost permanently a beat. I mean, I mean, it's really rare to see Stephanie Brown ever sink to the level of a, uh, you know. Because I, th- I think at one point or another, every single other member of the Bat family can get a bit too serious. Tim, Barbara, Nightwing. I think they all kind of you know have that sort of personality edge to them. Whereas Stephanie always kind of keeps us you know a bright smile. You know, she always turns her frown upside down, and that's really appreciable in a Batman comic. And I think that like existentially. Um, the fact that Batman's influence has kind of made her, you know, in a very abstract way to become Batgirl, just by nature of, you know, what she wants to do and, how, and what she eventually leads up to becoming in her destiny, is really, really cool. So, yeah, I, I mean, I like her. I, I, I really like her. Not as much as others, but I definitely don't lis- dislike her as much as others. So uh, we'll find out the rest during the ranking segment. Um, let me just say that thank you to Donovan for doing this whole thing, because this has been, like... 
kid in a candy store for me. <laughs> and I just love uh, talking about all of these uh, these girls um, with with some of my my greatest friends here. <sighs> Stephanie, <laughs> um, my heart, my heart almost grows several sizes just uh, just to think about Steph. And I almost think of myself as sort of. Um, the real world interpretation of Stephanie Brown whenever we do a TBU comma cast because I am sort of the bubbly, crazy one uh, who sometimes makes mistakes compared to, you know, Dustin's dark, dark Batman. Um, and I've, I've told him this, I think, and, and so he knows. <sighs> Stephanie, Stephanie, Stephanie. So, I, you know, she was a fun character as Spoiler and Robin, and I think she still had that sort of quirky and bubbly personality. But I think her character came alive as Batgirl. And, again, what, what a, a degree of difference from the beginning of her series to the end and, and all of the growth that she, that she um, encountered. Uh, so a couple of the things that I love about Steph. Uh, number one... Oh, just her bubbly, her bubbly manner. Just and some people, I think, um, are like really obnoxious, but more if they have like that really high pitched cheerleader voice. But I, I just love that you know her mouth sometimes uh, gets her into trouble. Like I just remember some of these. Like she's in Bad's office and Detective Nick was there, and then she says something out loud, and yeah. she totally did not intend it to be said out loud. But and then it's just like really awkward, and and she'll continue on. But just being like really happy and excited, and even if you're in this like down in the dumps mood, that she would be able to uh, bring you bring you up out of the mire. And I think this leans into one another reason I love her is just her heart. And hopefully, you guys out there are, are blessed to know someone. And, and I know there are definitely some people I know that are like this, but just one person that can seem to attract a wildly different group of people that they just all seem to respect them and like them. And, and just being around them almost like brings you up um, and, and it makes you really happy to be alive. And you just you love and respect that person. And I think... <clears throat> Stephanie is that person, and it's not just me coming out, you know, that coming out of my mouth, but it's on the page. Like, think of all the different people that she has come across and, and their varied reactions to her. And I think the, the farthest from her personality would be um, sort of those, those death killers, uh, Damien and Cass. Think about those two, and then put them, it's like black. And then we've got color, and you mix them together, and the black somewhat becomes slightly lighter. I mean, who who would think that they would even give her the time of day? But you have Steph bringing Damien into a bounce house. <laughs> Do you remember that? It was so wonderful. So just her, like, loving them and, and trying to get them to see that, hey, man, they're it. like, just live life and Yes, you're this empower this empowered person, and you fight for Batman, but you can have fun too, and you're not Batman fighting life. And I think that's that's so wonderful. Her being with Babs, um, I think she had perhaps less of an impact on Babs than Babs did on Steph. Again, we have a wonderful uh, mentor mentory role, um, and she just really respects Babs. And yeah, she sometimes goes against her 
her uh, her wishes, but at least Babs gives a little bit more, I think, than than Batman does. And Wendy, again, Wendy was a really, I mean, she was down in the dumps and, and negative, and, and who wouldn't be after, obviously, you watched um, your pet dog that you love for years kill your brother. <laughs> uh, <laughs> who wouldn't be? Let's be honest. Awesome. Um, but, you know, she was sort of negative. But even, like, talking to, to Steph, like, through, this, through the, um, I was going to say season, but through the, uh, the entire book, I mean, you started to see, like, yeah, she could also joke around. I mean, she'd never always, or she would not always lift very high and be bubbly as Steph, but she was able to somewhat enjoy, you know, being on a mission with Steph and, and talking with her. So her heart and being bubbly is wonderful. I love that Steph is, she makes mistakes. Um, and I think she makes more than Babs Gordon ever did. There are very few times that on Batgirl the Oracle I'll say, well, this is a rookie mistake. Like, this was something weird that Babs should not have done. But Stephanie Brown, and it, it, it was well, um formatted by BQM, uh, Brian Q. Miller, just because she made a lot in the beginning of her career. Remember that guy fell out the window? She just made sloppy errors. But as it continued on, she really started to learn from what she was doing. And I think more so than, you know, she ever did spoiler or even under Batman as Robin. Uh, And I think it was just, number one, getting the chance, just being given the opportunity to be a hero in her own right, not being uh, begrudgingly given it. Because I think Batman never, like, honestly was open-hearted about the whole situation. But Babs, how symbolic that Babs said, yes, you can be Batgirl. The candlelight ceremony, which was always a symbolic thing for uh, a Batman and a Robin, and just having that, and, and I think just that makes all the difference in the world, being told, I believe in you. You go and be bad girl. I'm going to be here to support you and to help you out. And and I think just having that support and knowing that that was back there, that she was able to really grow as a character. But I think how wonderful that she does make mis- she does make mistakes and um, is able to learn from those and continue on. I did forget one of those oddball characters, Teakle. I mean, <laughs> who would imagine, you know, it was a February uh, issue for Valentine's Day, but Tico lost, uh, well, Tico is looking for some love, and Clarion lost Tico and is trying to find them, and then you've got Batgirl helping him out. Who would ever imagine an issue like that? Uh, but how wonderful it is. And just to, I think the what Joe and Ed said about Steph, just that she was the light to sort of all of this darkness because, yeah, there there's a lot of bad stuff that goes on in, in Batman's world, and that's just, like, the nature of the beast and Gotham City and everything. But if you can enjoy what you're doing because you feel like you really, this cause is worth fighting for and you love the people you're working with, then you can really bring up... Um, the heaviness and the darkness of the world. And I think that is why she's she's so amazing. My final thing is that I think compared to the other iterations where you, you probably saw Batgirl 80% of the time and then the person under the mask 20, um, it's 50-50 for Steph. So more so than learning about her as Batgirl, you're learning about her as a person. And I'm not as well-versed, 
I, I read her as Robin uh, to prepare for that special. Spoiler, I, I've seen Touch and Go, especially with when you know whenever she countered uh, Cass or whatever. But I didn't really know like who is this Stephanie person, and I remember that. Yeah, so you know who is she really? Um, but. It's, I think it's wonderful. I think you really need to know both sides of the cowl. And, and one certainly informs the other. And, you know, their lives are different and everything. But, but it's just great to, to love that character. And I don't know if there's anything else. Waffles? I mean, who else would love waffles as much as Steph does? Or, um, you know, she comes, her past, I guess, would be the last thing I would talk about. So, again, we have more of a tragic past than Babs Gordon, perhaps not as awful as Cass, but it's still in its own right. Uh, but I think it, it speaks true to her heart and her strength of character that she didn't go the path of her father or, you know, she sort of had this deadbeat mom because that is a lot. Like, people can say... I've got all of this against me, and I'm going to fight it. But it, it's a lot. I mean, that's a day-in, day-out sort of thing, and that's a lot of influence uh, speaking into your life. So to fight against that and really come through speaks volumes for the character. Um, so, yes, love Cass. Oh, wait. <laughs> oh, I do love Cass. <laughs> that's right. Love Steph Brown for sure. And uh, I love that she's – what's – Amazing is that they really went off on their own, and Team Batgirl became something really special and able to create all these different things. So not only a Batarang, we don't have a weapons purse like um, Babs Gordon had, but they're creating new things, and, and um, Steph is really having fun with that. And purple, purple is the new thing. And I think that is, Ed was correct that, I mean, I think Steph has really influenced a lot of people because I think that purple within uh, the, the New 52 Babs outfit wouldn't be there if Steph hadn't really brought it around. And to be honest, to speak personally, purple has, like, become my favorite color. Out of nowhere, blue had been it for, like, 20 years. And then all of a sudden, Steph, and, like, Steph in day in and day out, and all of a sudden, purple is my favorite color. And all these students ask me if I love purple because I wear purple a lot. So <laughs> there you go. That's her speaking into my own life. But, uh, you know, thank you. We're sometimes negative. I know that I'm negative now because of New 52, but I'm just really thankful for awesome characters that we've encountered and that we've talked about in this because as a comics reader, as a podcaster, as a Batgirl lover, these are the people that this is the reason why I love it. So uh, I do thank you, whoever really I can thank. And now, Zayas' Radio Hour. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, let's do it.
to rank the back girls now but before then you are going to hear some other thoughts of some tbu panelists and uh co-hosts which you might enjoy some of your favorite characters ever so uh stay tuned for that and then we'll get into the rankings and we are here with uh melinda melinda actually could not be able to join us for the main recording but uh you don't we don't want to pretend that Cell is the only female on the on the website <laughs> And also because she missed out on the Robin special, I thought uh, it would be a robbery to have her miss out on the Batgirl special as well. Um, so Melinda is here with me in this uh, bit of an edit that will be included before the ranking section to give her thoughts on the Batgirl. Hello. So, um, yeah. <laughs> Say hi, child. Hello, everyone. So um, I'm going to ask you what I asked the other uh, panel members, Melinda. Generally, um, as a Batman fan, and as a fan of, you know, the Batman characters, what are your general thoughts on Batgirl as a concept? Because we've had more than one, so it's kind of become the sort of mantle that people take. What are your thoughts on, like, the idea of Batgirl? Do you have anything to say about her relation to the, in the mythology, like, you know, Barbara Gordon? Uh, just in general, like, your general thoughts on the inclusion of Batgirl in a Batman supporting cast? Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Well, I do think she's an important character to have. I recognize she was introduced... Um, to try to sort of balance things out gender-wise. Um, but I think that she plays a very different role than Robin does, because as we've seen, 
Batgirl, it, more than Robin, is a mantle that is passed rather than inherited. Um, you know, Barbara did leave the role. Um, she was forced to, and she became Oracle. But she was very much the one who gave permission to cast to become Batgirl. Whereas with the Robins, you've got Dick leaving the role and Bruce saying, I don't need you. I'll get another one just like you, and he'll be better than you. So it's <laughs> the role is, is less, um, less filled with bitterness on some people's parts. Um, and when you had Stephanie take over from Cassandra, Cassandra saying, no, you take the costume. It's, it's your time. You've earned it. Um, so I think, I think inherently that casts the role in a different light, uh, both in the characters' minds and in the readers' minds. Does she add any sort of like, and this is kind of like mandatory, <laughs> <laughs> not to just judge you solely by your sex, mm -hmm. but like, does she add any sort of like, like, uh, edge or any sort of interest because she is a popular female, like one of the more popular female characters in the Batman comics? Does that, does that make you more interested or does that, you know, is that patronizing or, uh, is it just, you know, just whatever character? Well, I think is? it's a really interesting question because it's not one that's going to be asked of a male reader. Um, so my gender does, in a sense, qualify the question. Um, uh -huh. When I first started picking up Batgirl, it was not because she was a female character. It was simply because she fell under the Batman Reborn title. Um, I don't think that she is necessarily more or less interesting to female readers. I think, as I've always said, if the story is good, you will get readers. And if you get someone who is reading it solely... Um, for the gender of the character, then it almost to me seems like they are not necessarily reading comics for the right reason. So I don't particularly find her more or less interesting or more or less relatable because she's a female. Uh, it ultimately depends on what she goes through as a character, what her stories are. Um, everything that goes on with her contributes in a much, much bigger way than her gender does um, or my gender does as a reader. Okay, that, that seems like a <laughs> realistic answer. <laughs> I don't know what I was expecting. Um, and like, but finally, before we get into the uh, the main three Batgirls, do you have any sort of thoughts or anything to say at all about like sort of the sort of outliers that are kind of left left out of the popular uh, canon? Uh, Betty Kane was the first as Bat Dash Girl in the Silver Age, and then during No Man's Land, we had uh, the Huntress Helena Bertinelli. Uh, briefly posed this background before the transition went to Cassandra Kane. Do you have anything to say about those two characters or any sort of thoughts or opinions that you'd like to add? Um, I've never actually read anything where Betty Kane was uh, Batgirl. I think that her inclusion uh, in, in certain stories, in flashback scenarios, I think those are really interesting because it is a way that the writers are trying to say, you know, don't discount this person, don't discount her just because she's not in main continuity. Um, and I think that's a really nice touch on those writers' behalfs. Um, and mm -hmm. as far as Helena Bertinelli goes, um, she, obviously she is Huntress. And up until it was mentioned to me that she was Batgirl for a portion of No Man's Land, I had completely forgotten that she was posing as Batgirl. And I think part of the reason of that goes back to my earlier answer of the role being handed to you. She very much just took that role and, and acted in it. Um, so I've never really viewed her as an official Batgirl, even though technically she was. 
So going on to like you know the the main you know three the three horsewomen of <laughs> the Batgirl mantles. Uh, what are your thoughts on Babs? Do you uh, since she's like you know I think Babs it's fair to say is the most iconic Batgirl even to this day. What are your you know what's your relationship to her? Was she was she do you mainly see her as, you know, Yvonne Craig from the 60s show? Do you mainly see her as uh, the animated versions? Or uh, <laughs> what, what, what do you like about Barbara um, Gordon? What I like about Barbara Gordon is, uh, hands down, her tenacity. Um, when she was introduced, she was a, a fumbling, klutzy Batgirl who, who screwed up more than she helped. And I really, you know, that that's it's strange to say that that's what you like about a character, but really to me it showed the underlying motivations more than anything else. She always wanted to help. She always wanted to be doing the right thing. And I think that that intentions are 90% of what I like about a character. Their actions might be flawed. All actions are. They're, they're human. But her intentions were so good, and she wanted so badly to be able to help that she went out there with, you know, no training and high-heeled boots and a little red leather purse she she went out there to try to do the right thing and to try to help. And I think that's always admirable. Oh, oh and to um, answer your other you... question, uh, because okay. my first introduction to Barbara Gordon, or um, Barbara, whatever her name would have been, uh, was Alicia Silverstone, I do kind of have a little bit of a soft spot for that character because that was the time period. You know, Clueless had come out. Alicia Silverstone was who every little girl wanted to grow up to be, so... Soft spot for that portion of Batman and Robin. Were you um, ever were, there was before the New Fifty Two? There was a big sort of like contention between comic fans as to whether you know she was robbed at, in the Killing Joke and became Oracle, or you were. A lot of people liked her as Oracle, but a lot of people wanted her back as uh, Batgirl. Where do you fall on that? Do you, did, you, did you like her as Batgirl, or did you like? Um, her as more? That is a really, really interesting question because I did not know that people thought she had been robbed um, of being Batgirl. <laughs> oh yeah. That that does kind of surprise me because I was introduced to her as Oracle and I really really loved her in that role because she had such a really really rich backstory. She had, you know, complications. She had complicated feelings about so much of what of what Batman did that she didn't always necessarily agree with him and you could really see why. I mean, she was stuck in a wheelchair because the Joker had not been killed. Um she she was a really wonderful character as Oracle, and when you saw her interacting, not just necessarily with the Bat family, but with the rest of the DC universe, you really you really got to see um, more of that that tenacity that I liked so much of her. Um, she was always always willing to help. She was always there for other heroes, and I think that maybe in the last little bit of the the pre new 52 her character might have been robbed a little there um, because she was really relegated to only interacting with the bat family the rest of the universe was to think that oracle was dead um so i i don't necessarily agree with that because i don't think that's something that the barbara that i had come to know would have agreed to but i i hands down liked her as oracle much better than i liked her as batgirl I think that she was a really, really great role model. I think in that role she was able to provide mentorship to the new Batgirls. And I think she was able to grow and to kind of move on a little bit 
in that role rather than um, had she stayed as Batgirl. Um, okay, so from uh, Babs in 1999, <laughs> I suppose. Uh, I think it's 1999. Uh, during No Man's Land, and we mentioned before, uh, the, the second Batgirl and the first one to really star her in her own ongoing title for several years and uh, lots of issues, uh, 70 or 80 issues, uh, was Cassandra Cain. Um, Cassandra Cain as Batgirl. Her stories were very much internal monologue heavy. Um, and I understand the reason for that. She was she was raised without speech, you know, all that. We're, we're all very familiar with that. Um, she was driven by guilt, and guilt is a really, really powerful motivator. Um, you see it time and time again with Batman. I think that her character is certainly a very rich character as well. She has an amazing backstory. Um, and are we ignoring what happened in Adam Beechin's miniseries, or...? <laughs> Only, only how it reflects um, on your opinion of her. That, to me, did not reflect the Batgirl that I had sort of gotten to know over the 73 issues of her series. So, yeah. I, I Good answer. I, I respect what he was trying to do. <laughs> I think it was really poorly executed. And it it was a 180 from what I had seen in, in her character. So I, I choose kind of to not really acknowledge it. Um, so she, she was a very rich character, a very well-drawn character, um, and had a lot going on. And I think that she was certainly a great Batgirl, um, and she certainly learned a lot through her, through her run. I don't know necessarily, though, that a mini Batman was what I wanted in, in the Batgirl role, because similar to how Robin is kind of supposed to reflect light and, and happy and things like that that's that's kind of what i prefer in in batgirl and i think that her story and the backstory she was provided with and, and what she ended up finding out about her own personal past was a little bit dark for for that comic run okay do you um so you think that like it was a bit not to denigrate or put words in your mouth but do you think it was a bit uh overcompensating you know, because it was it was a lot. It was a long time at that point since Babs was Batgirl that like they probably were wanting something different. And do you think that like it was kind of trying too hard? Or do you think it was in the wrong direction? Uh, I don't necessarily think it was. Um, they were overcompensating for for Babs. I think what they were trying to do was a say this girl is serious. She means business. Let's give her the dark backstory. Let's give her the dark stories. And I think that that's that was also very much reflected in the Robin titles at the time. You know, you had some really terrible things going on in there right. as well. And that, that of course, goes back to in the late 80s. You had year one. You had um, the first of the Dark Knight titles. And that was where comics, in general, started to go dark. So you had her introduction in a storyline like No Man's Land, which was a, a very dark portion of Gotham's history. It, it does make sense that she had the darker title. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just not necessarily what I always enjoy. Okay. <laughs> um, well, you're in luck because the Batgirl after Cassandra was was way opposite of that in terms of tone for that. Uh, first she was Spoiler, and then she was Robin, and then finally she was Batgirl. So uh, the character we're talking about now is Stephanie Brown. <laughs> Stephanie, Brown Stephanie Brown, uh, I do absolutely love. She was the first Batgirl I was introduced to um, as far as comics go. Um, and she had that really light tone without... Um, simplifying the comics. She, she was still going through a lot of stuff, and if you, if you are familiar with the character's history, she has gone through a lot of stuff 
but mm-hmm. what she went through, it definitely did change her, but it didn't necessarily change her for the worst, or for the worse. When she was when she was helping people, she was out there with the same motivations as Barbara was originally to help. Um, it, yes, she felt an amount of guilt uh, for what happened um, and for the fact that her father was uh, Clue Master, but. She was not doing it out of guilt. She was doing it out of a desire to help people. And that that I, I will always hold as a better motivation than guilt. Um, and so her storylines, yes, did tend to be lighter because she didn't have, you know, two super assassins as parents. She had, let's be realistic, a D-list villain and a, a cracked-out mom. Yeah. So she didn't come from a great family life, and realistically, she probably more than likely would have turned into a villain herself, but she didn't want that. She wanted to help. She saw what Batman and Robin were doing, and, you know, she she wanted to help take down her father. Um, and so because of her motivations, because of the tone of her stories, I I thoroughly enjoyed her. Her very very short run. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I, I I think in the Robin special, uh, when I was talking, we were talking about her as Robin. I kind of compared her to Dick Grayson. That like, she's one of those characters. Uh, I can say this of Barbara too. That like, there's not there's not a real difference between Stephanie Brown mm-hmm. and her and Stephanie Brown as Batgirl. And I think that like uh, that's appealing in some regards. Where there's this kind of character who's happy in whatever she does. And I think that you can kind of see that reflected in um, how the readers responded to her. Uh, Stella's Background Oracle podcast really appreciates that aspect of the comic. And, yeah, well, uh, and I mean, like if you want anymore. to look at, at how she treated people and, and the way she was with people, just look at the issue where she essentially kidnaps Damien and, and forces him to be a kid for a day. <laughs> she really wanted everybody to have that equal, balanced life, and she she didn't want to live her life in the shadows. That that was not who she was. She wanted to be out in the sun. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting because this is being recorded ahead of time. It'll be interesting to see how that uh, reflects mm-hmm. on uh, the panel. Uh, but uh, uh, for right now, you're the first one to rank them. So in terms of the Batgirls we discussed, how would you rank them? Well, from, least, uh, favorite least favorite to favorite, favorite. is actually uh, chronological. Least favorite would be Barbara. Um, and unfortunately, that is that is not a reflection of her... Pre, or actually, I should ask you: Are we doing this considering what's happened in the New Fifty Two? Uh, again, only only as long as it uh it affects your enjoyment of the character, you don't have to. Because, for again, for the Robin special, we mainly <laughs> stuck to <laughs> the best. But the the pre the pre New Fifty Two continuity. I mean, I think Dustin brought up uh post New Fifty Two. Uh, when we're talking about Tim Drake, but only in how to recommend the older stuff. So I'm not, you know, we're not excluding it. You know, if, if for the listeners, if you enjoyed the New 52 versions, feel free to, to consider that. But as, lo- as long as it uh, affects uh, positively on your perspective, if it if okay, neg- negatively so affects... Okay, then my, my order does change. Um, in order of favorites, uh, it goes uh, Cassandra Kane, uh, hey. then Barbara Gordon... <laughs> And then Stephanie Brown, um, with Stephanie being, of course, my favorite. Now, if you were to consider the New 52, Barbara would go back to being number three, and Cassandra Kane would go up to number two. Um, I just do not enjoy the Batgirl series. I don't enjoy the way she's been written, and I don't enjoy the fact that I feel like her character has really regressed. Um, I, I feel like that's a disservice to the character. Regardless of the fact that, yes, she still wants to help, 
all of this knowledge and personality and everything that she had gained in becoming Oracle, to me, seemed to just go away. And and that that was something that made me appreciate her time as as Batgirl even more was her time as Oracle. So, so if if you are a big fan of the new Fifty Two, um, I'm sorry, <laughs> I do apologize. Uh, but it it would make me move Barbara down to number three. Um, but as it stands, her character beforehand puts her in the number two Batgirl slot. That is interesting. That's interesting. That like is uh, conditional that way. That, I think that's cool. Uh, anybody who listens to the comic cast knows that I'm not the greatest oh, it's so bad. <laughs> proponent of that. It's so bad. Oh. Oh. Feel free to edit this out, but it's so terrible. Like, what are they doing? Oh, do, do you know what? I stopped after number five, and I absolutely refused to pick up anything else. I was like, I hate Alyssa, I hate Barbara, I hate everything about this series. I want to punch everybody in the face, but I can't because they're comic characters. I would really like to see DC um, either improve the Batgirl title as it stands right now, or um, bring in a different Batgirl. You know, Barbara graduated from the role for a reason. Uh, she moved on, and I think it's mm-hmm. it's really terrible to have let other characters move on, such as Dick into the Nightwing role, but relegate her back to her status, you know, in, in the 80s. So I really think that that should be strongly considered. Why are you holding her back? Yeah, it's, uh, yeah there's no good reason for it. So I don't know. <laughs> Well, I, I, when the new fantasy was announced, I was not surprised they made her Batgirl again, but I thought they would make Dick Grayson Robin again. I thought that was really yeah, it, it really was no. selective. Um, selective. But I think they need to be asking themselves why. Thank you, thank you, Melinda. This was uh, hilarious. <laughs> Although, I don't know if the, the finished version will, will, will explain why it is or so, but sooner or later... Yeah, you'll, you'll find out what he meant by that soon enough. Uh, thanks once again, and uh, we'll cut back to the usual special. See you guys next time. And, uh, listen to everyone else's rankings. And here we are. I am with Dustin, who uh, is also couldn't make it for the Batgirl special, but he's here now to give his thoughts on Batgirls in the Batman universe. Yes, I am. So, uh, just as I've asked the others, Dustin, I'll ask you this uh, introductory question. Um, Batgirl, what do you, how do you see her in Batman's history? Because she has, you know, several different people, you know, uh, in her role... How do you think that Batgirl makes her mark in Batman's mythology? What do you think that? What kind of purpose do you think she serves? And what are your thoughts on like the character of Batgirl in general? Well, I I think the the character of Batgirl in general is a very important character that is that belongs in the Batman universe in whatever incarnation she's ever existed in, whether it be Barbara Gordon, Stephanie Brown, Cassandra Cain. There's there's been a number of different characters that have played this character, but it's similar in the way, you know, the way we talked about Robin in the way that, you know, this character is an important part of the Bat family and deserves to be there. The reason I believe that the character is so important is, again, it gives another a bit of an emotional twist to Batman that you normally wouldn't see if it was just a straight Batman story. Um, regardless of who is behind the cowl of Batgirl, every single one of them had their moments that led Bruce to have these emotional elements that you would not see if he was by himself or even just with Robin. So I think it's really important. The The other thing which, 
you know, this is kind of probably not the best thing in the world, but she's a female, and I think that's also really important. She was really the female that made her mark on the Batman universe, and in turn, outside of Wonder Woman, really, DC Comics really didn't have a lot of women um, heroes. I mean, they had women who were basically playing second fiddle to the, the males in the DC universe, like Lois Lane, like Carol Ferris. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think ultimately the, the her coming up was really this character that wasn't necessarily uh, a character that was, you know, on her own and had her own mythology like Wonder Woman did, but she was really the first character, in my mind at least, that really, like, broke out and was the character for females to really look to. Um, now, obviously, Wonder Woman is, falls into that category, too, but at the same point, she, you know, she's linked to Batman, so then you not only have, and, I, and I'm specifically, when I say all this, I'm thinking about this, the 1960s TV series, because the, the whole idea of it was Batman and Robin, and then they brought Batgirl in later in uh, later into the series, I think it was important because it was giving people a lot of different ways to connect to these characters. And Batgirl is that female element that really brings in, you know, girls and women in general. And I think it, that it's really important that Batgirl is part of the Bat family because it, again, incorporates so many different types of fans into what is already the Batman universe. Okay, so that's kind of... So you're sort of saying that, like, uh, her inclusion in the Batman mythology really kind of sets her apart from other female characters and that kind of... Kind of makes it more inclusive rather than just being like a foil for the main hero. Yeah, I mean, and that's not to say that in the 1960s, Batgirl wasn't used as a foil here and there, but I think for the most part, Batgirl, regardless of who is behind the cowl, has had her very independent female strong moments, and I think that's important because it gives, again, the fans who are specifically female, someone to look up to and say, hey, she can, she, she doesn't have to play second fiddle to... Batman and Robin, she can be on her own. I mean, let's not forget that, you know, when she first popped up in the comics, a lot of the stories that she was in, she wasn't just another sidekick that was with Batman. She was mm-hmm. she was doing singles, you know, she was doing single adventures on her own. And a lot of the more popular Batgirl stories all feature her in roles where she's, you know, by herself. She's not working with Batman or Robin. I think that's that speaks to the character itself. Okay, and before we move on to like you know the main three uh, Batgirls, just like just real quickly because they were mentioned in the main show. Any thoughts towards the original Batgirl, Betty Kane, and um, briefly for a time during No Man's Land, uh, Huntress Helena Bertinelli was Batgirl. So do you have any thoughts you want to give on those two characters, or like basically none at all? Well, Betty Kane, I don't have a lot to say other than you know it was it was really honestly my thoughts behind Betty Kane was. At the time, we had uh, we had Batwoman and Batgirl, and basically they were the counterparts to Batman and Robin, and that was the whole idea of them. And that's that's my thoughts on Betty Cannon. Essentially, it was basically she was the foil to Robin, and she was someone for Robin to Google at, and that was about the the extent the extent of that character. Other than that, I don't really have anything to say about her. Uh, when it comes to Helena Bertinelli and uh, her being Batgirl, even though it was a very short time that she played Batgirl, 
Helena is a very important character again to the Batman universe, and I think and I think that she's a, a character that doesn't really necessarily get a lot of uh, credit where credit is due. She has a very unique thing. She comes from a different aspect from a lot of the members of the Bat family. We have you know Bruce and Dick, whose parents were both killed, um, and then. Tim was kind of the one that kind of like broke that mold as far as the care, you know, having parents that weren't dead when they were first introduced. But Helena, the, you know, the fact that her parents were actually bad people and she decided to become this vigilante, I think it was, it's an, it was an interesting twist. It was something that, you know, a lot of people didn't expect. I think that the character herself uh, derived a lot from, it was kind of like a mixture between Green Arrow and Batman, in my opinion, hence the crossbow and the fact that uh, she wears the darker colors like Batman. It, it seems like it was kind of like, let's make a female character that is a mix of these two characters. And that's not a bad thing. I think that it, the, the character is a really interesting character. And even though she's played a very small role as Batgirl during No Man's Land, I think that, you know, it's a character that probably doesn't get talked about as much as she could. And then it wasn't even that long before they decided to do the whole twist where um, Huntress from Earth 2 is actually the daughter of Bruce Wayne. And that's how we ha- that's how we know it now in, in the New 52. But before all of this new 52 nonsense the the reality is that this character was a very interesting character because of her origins and the fact that she came from somebody else and you know obviously we're not going to be doing a rank the huntress special but at the same point i think this character is somebody that you know at least deserves a little bit of a blurb to talk about okay that's interesting that's that's a pretty uh well thought out analysis of the huntress um so, you know, without further ado, we're going to get into uh, the main three Batgirls. And you can't start off uh, a discussion on Batgirl without mentioning the most popular, I think to this day, the most notable Batgirl, uh, Commissioner Gordon's daughter, or niece, but mainly daughter, Barbara Gordon. So what do you have to say about this character? So Barbara Gordon, I think, honestly, if and I, I'm going to preface my, my statement on, on Barbara Gordon by saying I am not relating any of my thoughts, opinions to the current direction that that Barbara Gordon is being written in the New 52. But I think that Barbara Gordon is a really unique character. As I said earlier, you know, it kind of derives back to the 60s where, you know, she was the female character for, you know, fans, not just Batman fans, but TV fans too, because uh, there there was some shows that had female characters in it, but not to the extent, in my opinion, that that Barbara Gordon was portrayed in Batman or in in Batman during the 1960s, the the character herself, uh, you know, once we get out of the the time frame where she was really just underplayed as just a female character in the comics, and we get to more some of the more serious stories, she plays a very prominent role in the Batman universe with the Killing Joke being arguably one of the most impactful stories within the Batman universe as far as, you know, actual repercussions that occur from it. Mm-hmm. And then Batgirl Year One is is a very good story that tells an excellent origin story, and there's not very many good origin stories for characters. I mean, there's, I, in some ways, I would say that it could stand up pretty well as an origin story even compared to Batman Year One okay. because it has its very unique elements that that work very well for that character. And I think that 
for the longest time, there was a lot of writers who really, really wanted to make this character something more than it had ever been in the past. And I think that each writer, as time progressed, did a very good job of that, um, despite the fact that, you know, once she made it into the, once, once the Joker shot her and she made it into the wheelchair, you know, she no longer was Batgirl. But at the same point, this is a character who obviously even people high up in Warner Brothers think is a good character because they had Birds of Prey. And that, that, that show was pretty focused around Barbara Gordon, even though she was in the wheelchair and she really was never Batgirl except in a couple flashbacks. So, I mean, I think that the character herself has a very interesting origin because, again, it ties, it, it, it even more so closely knits the Batman universe together by having Commissioner Gordon, who has always been a very important character within the Batman universe, tying him even you know, more soundly into the Bat family with his daughter actually being Batgirl. Okay. Um, uh, that, that's a good point. And, um, you know, going from Barbara Gordon, uh, the next person who actually was, got Barbara's clemency to take up the Batgirl mantle was Cassandra Kane, who first appeared in, I know, one of your favorite storylines, No Man's Land. So, uh, what are your thoughts on Cass Kane? I think that Cass Kane is, is again, a very interesting character, and it goes back to kind of what I was saying with the Huntress and her origins. Obviously, it wasn't, her origins for Cassandra weren't really, uh, you know, shot right out the bat, um, as some other characters have had in the past, but, you know, it was one of those characters where she slowly progressed, and as time went on, we learned more about this character, and even more so as as more time progressed. And I think that the character, because her origins bring her back to having parents who are such, you know, bad people, I think that it's kind of a unique take because, again, this bat, this 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 symbol of the bat, inspired her to do something differently than, you know, the way she was raised. And I think the character probably initially when it was first introduced, I didn't particularly think it was that interesting of a character. She had interesting elements, but overall I, it just, it seemed to fall a little flat because it was worked in like her entire introduction was worked into no man's land, which there was so much going on to begin with Mm -hmm. to introduce a new character, I think was probably not necessarily the best place to do it. But I think that as time progressed and even as she had her own solo series, they developed this character really well and still incorporated her history of having uh, her parents. And I think that as time progressed until to the point where you know they decided to no longer use her, I think that the writers who were writing her did a really well they, they did a really good job. And I think that, she is. She has her own unique elements that puts her apart from the other back girls. Okie dokie. And um, finally, going from Cassandra Kane, who gave her mantle, or kind of, <laughs> to uh, the final Batgirl before you know, 52, what are your thoughts on Stephanie Brown? I, I, I think, okay, so I think Stephanie Brown is one of those characters where no matter what, you, you, you want to not like the character, <laughs> and honestly it just comes across like that because when she was spoiler and when she was focused heavily when she was in the Robin series 
before the New 52, she was a character where, you know, despite the fact that, you know, she had specific things that were interesting about her, the fact that her father was Clue Master, I mean, there were certain elements about her that was interesting. And the idea of her being spoiler so that she could kind of, like, screw over her father was kind of a cool idea. But as time progressed, they did a lot of things with the character to really, in my mind, make you want to hate the character. And I think that the only thing that kind of remedied that was when she actually became Batgirl. Um, the fact that, you know, right before she became Batgirl and she came back to Gotham City after she was supposedly dead but actually hidden away by Leslie Tompkins, that entire thing, again, just screams, let's hate this character because, <laughs> you know, and it all just comes down to somebody decided, you know, they didn't want to use the character for a while, so let's make her disappear. And then someone else decided, hey, let's bring this character back. How are we going to explain this? Okay, let's explain it like this. And then again, you're sitting here thinking, so she was a very important character that changed the way Batman thought about certain things, and now she's back. Awesome. So, I mean, like, I, I don't think that I'm alone in saying that she was a character that a lot of people were, that you know, that was there to, in one way or another, not like. But... When she became Batgirl, she was kind of like a breath of fresh air in a way. And that's not to say that Cassandra was a bad Batgirl at all, but she was a different type of Batgirl. She was more of a, you know, cocky, smart-alecky type of Batgirl who, you know, had, you know, funny things to say when she was beating him up. And honestly, a lot of the stuff that happened with her in her short time of being Batgirl Remind me a lot of the stuff that uh, that the a lot of the way that Barbara Gordon was portrayed in Batman the Animated Series, mm-hmm. the way she was she was very confident about herself. She rarely ever doubted herself. The fact that she you know would you know throw out these jokes in the middle of beating the crap out of guys that were twice her size. I mean, it was it was a breath of fresh air, and that a lot of that has to go to the credit of Brian K. Miller because he did a really good job of making this character a lot more likable and a lot more meaningful. And honestly, the, the the biggest downfall of the character is the fact that she went back into hiding wherever the heck she's hiding, just as Cassandra has. But I think again, she she's a different, a, a, a completely different take on Batgirl than the other two. And I think that each one of them themselves have these very unique things about them that make them very important Batgirls, and also really interesting backgrounds too so finally for this uh part of your segment how would you rank these three backgrounds starting from least favorite to favorite so i thought about this long and hard and the the number three spot for me really wasn't an argument in my mind it, it goes to cassandra kane um and that's specifically because like i said earlier i her her initial origin really wasn't that great um she did have a, a really good run of comics. It was, I believe, 75 issues. It was, I know it was at least 75 issues. I believe it was 75 or 77 or something like that mm-hmm. that she had for her own series. And that series was great. There were some really good stories that were written in it. But ultimately, when I compare her to the other two, she falls in that number three spot. The next two, on the other hand, were the ones that I was kind of debating back and forth between Barbara and Stephanie. And I think that ultimately what it comes down to is I have to rank Stephanie at number two and Barbara at number one. And it comes down to, despite the fact that Stephanie Brown was that breath of fresh air that 
specifically I myself needed within the Batman books during the time frame of when she came to be Batgirl, she just, unfortunately, in my mind, is still not that, she's still not synonymous with the name Batgirl, as well as the fact that she's not synonymous with just the idea of Batgirl. Uh, Barbara Gordon, in my mind, is the quintessential Batgirl, and, you know, I, I hate to agree with Dan DiDio because I... I really don't like agreeing with Dan Diego, but <laughs> ultimately it comes down to the fact that yes, Barbara Gordon is the most recognized Batgirl. And a lot of that has to do with the 1960s show. And a lot of that has to do with Batman, the animated series. And even though it's, it's, it's upsetting to see that the fact that they've done absolutely nothing with Cassandra and Stephanie Brown within the new 52, I think that the decision to make Barbara Gordon Batgirl, despite the fact that they've done it horribly and the, despite the fact that everything regarding the character, despite the fact that everything regarding the character has actually been bad, I think the reasoning for it as she is the most recognizable Batgirl, so we're going to put her as Batgirl, that makes sense, and that's why I would put her at number one. Stephanie, Stephanie Brown, she gets the number two spot because... I think that she has an extensive history, but a lot more of her history is spoiler, and that's why um, she's she gets my number two spot. Okay. <laughs> Ooh. Will this be controversial? Well, you'll have to find out later on to see how the rest of the gang ranks their Batgirls listeners. But uh, that was the main man Dustin's rankings. And, um, un- you know, until we hear from him in the next uh, TBU podcast, we'll get back to the special. All right, and now we're back to rank the Batgirls finally. I mean, if you want to include Bet and Helena, feel free to. I might not. But um, uh, we're going to go Joe and Stella and then myself, and then we're going to call it a special. So um, starting with Joe, how would you rank the Batgirls from least favorite to favorite in your opinion? Okay, first of all, I'm going to have to put this out there because uh, Dom will hurt me otherwise. But I think that all of the characters are... I really enjoy all of the characters. They all have their own individual things, which I like uh, more for whatever reason. But I think they're all great characters. So if I put someone in last, it's not because I don't like them. I generally do. It's just, you know, if you're picking a favorite, you've obviously got to have two which don't make the cut. So my least favorite is Cassandra Cain. Um, It could be because I've had probably the least amount of interaction with her but um in any case she's probably my least favorite um second of all is barbara gordon because i think i prefer the character of barbara gordon to her role as batgirl it kind of goes in line with what stella was saying in that she's best as barbara gordon and i think that like we were saying with um dick in the robin special he's done more out of out of the Robin costume than he has in it. A a lot of us were saying that we prefer him as Nightwing. And I think that um, Barbara's done so much, and Dawn was making some really excellent points about, you know, she really just wants to help, and that's why she became, you know, involved in politics and things like that. And, you know, she moved on from being Batgirl and then came back and has done a lot just just because she wants to help. And I do think that the history of Batgirl is really cool and the fact that she has so much history that really helps cement her as a, a really great Batgirl. I also think she, 
that uh, first costume is the best Batgirl costume. The oh, the, 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 oh, the gray and blue. I was about to say the black and the blue or the gray and blue. Yeah, with the, gray the weapons and the blue. first or without the weapons first? Uh, I'll take it or leave it. <laughs> okay. But um, yeah, I've always been a fan of that color scheme anyway. But I, I think that's the best co- costume. I just think that she's a great character more than just a great Batgirl. But I think my favorite Batgirl will have to obviously then be Stephanie Brown. And that could partly be because that's the one that I'm most familiar with, the one that I read. So when I think of Batgirl, that's the one that I immediately jump to. Um, but I also, I just really enjoy her as a character and I think it's refreshing to have someone like, so light-hearted. And uh, like Stella, purple is my favorite color. <laughs> you know, I'm going to have to agree with, with something that Joe just said, which is this is like trying to rank... 30-year-old scotch, you know, they're all good. You're not going to run across a bad one, probably, you know, so... You haven't tried my uncle's. He makes it a <laughs> That's the second scotch reference in, like, the second ranking special. <laughs> Keep it up. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be my turn now, the scotch references. Um, but, I mean, they're all good. So, again, don't don't hate me, but... And what's funny was I had a different ranking when we started, and some of the conversation you reminded me of, of certain things I liked or, or didn't like about characters. So mine's actually been fluid and changed, funny enough. And mm. My number three, my least favorite out of the bad girls is Cassandra Kane. Again, not that I dislike the character, but I think I have less of a connection with her. And I really dislike, I know we didn't really talk about it here except me joining on about it, but I really disliked her turn so badly and that whole, that whole story arc and the way her character was portrayed there that that kind of puts her in number three for me. Um, number two would be Barbara Gordon. Um, you know, it's, it's like everyone said, I like the character a lot, but her time as Batgirl is probably not the best of, of the character. Um, and, and number one is for me is going to be Stephanie Brown. Um, look, I, earlier today I, I had Stephanie in at number two, but the more we talked about it, and, and especially Stella's points about, you know, in the Batman world, in the Batman universe, you need light with the dark you can't be dark all the time where it just becomes depressing you know um you have to have those light moments it's why when you have even a film like the dark knight or the dark knight rises there's humor in it there has to be light with the dark where it's just it's too much and i think that stephanie's place in in the batman universe that is missing now isn't it's not the fact that you know barbara is wearing the, the mask it's the fact that there is no light it's just dark um so yeah, Stephanie Brown's gonna be my my number one background. Okay, Stella, you're the last person to break my heart. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, what to do? No, actually, this is. Um, I think I'm just gonna say that I think out of everyone on here, that this is like gonna hurt me the most because i mean this is Batgirl, you know this is my thing and and to put them in ranking order was really hard to think about like i tossed and turned the sleepless nights um <laughs> try scotch yeah um i was gonna try to put bet and helena you know somehow ranking but to be honest they're they're just tied for fourth because like i said bet i think she has a place in the history. She got the foot in the door. Um, but, obviously, like, look at the purpose that uh, she served. Shipping. Um, yes, basically. And uh, and I love shippers, but Heather Glenn doesn't. Um, and <laughs> and Helena, like I said, she she's sort of an insult just to, to the name Batgirl. Um, 
Well, that's what no, no. <laughs> I described I I described what I meant by that, but just the fact that she she's more of a female Batman, um, and rather than a Batgirl because she just lets the she lets the cowl down as a Batgirl. Uh, so this is the big thing here. <laughs> out of out of those three, I too will put Cass as third. I can't breathe. <laughs> So sorry. Now you know I've read all of Cass's stuff, so I, I I will not say that I don't know her personally or anything. And I love her. I think she's a wonderful character. But out of all three, like all of them are really close. If there'd be like a, a smidgen of a difference between all three of them, but third she is. I also remembered from the discussion that they really need to start coming out with trades. I don't know what they're doing with that, but. Yeah, those are those are like out of print now, right? Yeah, but I, they didn't even collect her entire run, and I think that they would get a buku amount of money if if they. I mean, I would be right there getting those trades, but that's very unfortunate for that character. Good work. <sighs> Number two. <laughs> this is the moment of truth. I'm Number curious. two. I'm gonna put as Babs Gordon. Really? Um, this is, I know people are probably really shocked about this. Uh, I, Bab, Barbara Gordon is my favorite character, period. Mm. Um, but Stephanie Brown, for me, uh, is my favorite Batgirl. Um, just my love towards her. Uh, it has, for some reason, outshadowed my love uh, for Barbara Gordon as Batgirl. Batgirl, but Barbara Gordon is my favorite character. Period. But that it, it was really hard for my heart to uh, <laughs> to tell me what I needed to say. But that would be my ranking. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> the world will never be the same again. Uh, I'm, so, I'm so glad we're sharing this on, on your feed. Well, I suppose that leaves uh, this guy. Who has two thumbs in his left? This guy. So, um, if I were to give a word to Bat Dash Girl or Helen Bertinelli, um, I would say something, but I'm not. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I mean, honestly, I'll, if, just to be kind of like, you know, complete, I'll probably rank Bet last because I have read some of her stuff. It's, she, has like, she has, I believe, four appearances before Barbara appears as Batgirl, and they're not really dignified. So, um, there's that. And Helena is, while it's not bad to me, it's not, it's not really enough to establish herself as a wholly viable or interesting background compared to the other three, in my opinion. But, uh, let's pretend that didn't happen. Um, this, this actually was a bit, uh, difficult for me, uh, as I was, as I was coming down the wire, because I, you know, um, I, I think, I think one, one part of this office, but, uh, but we're do two and three land. I think that my least favorite Batgirl is Barbara Gordon. And that, to me, is not... That's not really because, you know, so many people like her. Again, you know, it's not the opposite of the cast thing. Or the New 52. But I think that, like, it just comes down to the fact that, like, the character, to me, is more... is, is better represented and better written overall as Oracle. It's not so much I like Oracle uh, better as Barbara Gordon, but I, as I like Barbara Gordon as Oracle better than Batgirl. Essentially, I think that like I, her appearances as Oracle 
are are very welcome in the in the comments that she appears. Um, and quite honestly, like, I think I think there are times where her personality has been annoying, <laughs> but I'm not gonna get much into that. Um, number two, I, I think I think this is this isn't very secretive. Is Stephanie Brown, and that kind of came down to like. I would like to see more of Stephanie Brown as Batgirl, basically. I wouldn't really want to see more of Barbara Gordon as Batgirl, but Stephanie Brown, I would love to see her adventures continue. As I was reading the last issue the other day, and those flashbacks that, that were induced by the Black Mercy, of, you know, the possible adventures, of, you know, with the Blackhawks and graduation, fighting the Royal Flush Gang, and like... Uh, Having uh, a all, child. Yeah, all, all that kind of stuff. I really wanted to see that. I really, really did. And which is why I was really jazzed when that Leviathan Strikes issue came out, and we saw... Her, you know, fight those crazy schoolgirls led by Rihanna and Lady Gaga, <laughs> which honestly fits right into like that title. So I mean, I would love to see her as Batgirl, um, more so. And you know, horror upon horror and shock upon shocks. It, number one is for me is Cassandra Cain. I said it, I said it before. I mean, I just think, I, I I just think she's like one of the best characters, Bart just bar none. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Tim Drake and I love Dick Grayson and I love you know. Barbara Gordon and Stephanie Brown too, but to me this is this is like the end all be all of uh, Batman characters in my opinion. Alfred, bring up the lights. Alfred, do I pass? Will you finally acknowledge that I can do this? Will you swear an oath? Anytime, and anywhere. Come with me. And then it all makes sense: the expensive toys, the time and devotion, the reason. I promise loyalty. I promise secrecy, and I promise courage, and all I ask is one small boon in return. Commissioner, I'd like to introduce an associate, a new partner under my direct supervision. That would be your cue, Miss Barbara. Thanks, Jeeves. I think nothing of it. Mine is merely a coaching role. Deflecting your father's suspicions falls squarely on Master Robin's thespian skills. I thought you liked me. Batman, two I'll accept, but no more. Dad, are you up here? Barbara! Of course. Who did you expect? So, uh, after many hours of deliberation, that was it. That was the Rank the Batman... Batgirls special. Uh, be sure to tune in uh, next time for the next special, which is probably going to be the Rank the Batman special. Batman! <clears throat> How are we going to do that? You'll have to wait and see. Um, as I said, as I at least briefly mentioned before, this is going to be shared on the Batgirl Oracle feed, at least so as of, as of this date it is. Um, but you can find all the other B- Batman Universe podcasts and specials on the BatmanUniverse.net, the Comic Cast special, or the Comic Cast podcast, the regular podcast, the special podcast, the Batman Universe Commentaries podcast, the Batman Universe Interviews podcast, the Bat Fans podcast, Backward Oracle, as, as previously mentioned, and Taking Flight, a Robin podcast by Tom Henrys. So, for this special, until the next ranking special, this is Donovan. This is Joe. This is Ed. And for all you Batgirls out there, this is Stella. You have been listening to the Batman Universe specials. We will see you guys at the next ranking episode. See ya. Eat some waffles. Someone's had enough waffles. <laughs> 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 <laughs>